Hey everyone, SoSo Scrutiny Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Main. I got my co-host over there, Corey Stocks, likes to cook and walks. That's accurate. I do that all the time. I burn a lot of walks, actually. You do? Uh, we're on our third one at our house. I don't know what I do wrong. I just don't add enough oil or something. I gotta. I have like They're fun. This, I like them. Yeah, nonstick. You put anything in there and just. You know. So shout out to Walks. Uh, yeah. Maybe an unofficial sponsor. We'll get into those right now. Uh, we're drinking Coffee Code. Man, I'm already getting. I'm getting shakes. But, Jitters. Ooh, I was like dead when I walked into the studio this morning. But now I'm like ready to go. Yep. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so our first. Um, Sponsor is Coffee Code, obviously. Delicious. Um, we meant, I think we mentioned him later. Did we mention him in the second half with Kyle? I believe yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's talked about his like local coffee shop. Yep. Um, we'll get into that in a second. And I'm rocking my SOS jacket today, so check them out. They're a clothing company. Got a cool shirt. Yeah. Now you get some you, more gear. I haven't seen you wear it. I wear it on days where we're not hanging out. Too. Next Sunday, wear it. All right, I, I was will. hoping you'd wear it today. I want more uh, gear. Definitely. So shout out to those two people, two places. Um, yeah, on today's episode, we uh, talked to director Kyle Kogan. I've been pronouncing his name for four or five years wrong now. I thought it was Coogan, and we find that out on the interview. It's on the second half. Um, he's a director friend of mine that's done a bunch of cool videos. Um, he just We just got off doing a John Legend video with Fauzia, and um, so that was fun. We talked Minefields, about that. yeah. Minefields. Check really cool video. Go check that video out. And uh, so, yeah, stick around on the end. That's the second half of the show. Um, first half, though, we're going to talk uh, a little UFC. Big fight happened last night. Well, not a big fight. It wasn't pay-per-view, but it was it was a good card. And then we're going to uh, talk a little Tenant. It's been out for a while. Yeah. But we haven't been able to talk about it. Um, hopefully you've seen it and because we're going to dive a little bit into it. And then we're going to do bracket style final te- uh, the final 10 of, of uh, Christopher Nolan movies. We're going to do a draft, and then we're going to go one-on-one. And it's actually to- the final eight. 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 Sorry. Right. We had 10 originally. Sorry. Yeah. Final eight. Um, and we're going to try to figure out which Nolan film is the best. Look at that timing. Perfect. What's up, bud? What have you been up to this Not week? Much. Teaching, teaching, teaching? Yeah. Teaching and um, having a three-day weekend this weekend and next weekend. I have this Monday off and then next Monday. What's... uh? The holiday. It's like a President's? President's Day or whatever. Um, for for Liz, she has Friday through Monday next week off. Mm-hmm. So she has four day weekend. But I actually like having two three day weekends. I, I like how our district separates. Like for um, our holiday for winter break, we get three weeks, whereas a lot of districts get two. I like that. I like it. It gives you that extra week buffer just to get back into. You know, back into the game. I wish I had paid days off. Because you get paid for that Monday, right? For the Monday? Uh, yes. Every holiday we get paid for, over, and it's just spread out over 11 months. So they, like, basically put your salary into, like, 11 months, divide it, mm. and then there you go. That's what you get. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, they are paid. You get paid for those, but... Um, yeah, it's over. I wish it would be over twelve because it's sometimes that last month is so hard <laughs> to get through. Yeah, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? We still doing that book you're talking about? The book. So about uh, was one I, I I'm pretty sure I read in high school. What are you reading? What am I reading in, right now? In class. In class. Oh, the raisin, raisin, raisin in the sun. Yeah, you still yeah. doing it? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really good, too, because it's Black History Month, so we're like kind of talking about some of the civil rights leaders and some of the little less known people. The kids don't know all of the, you know, the figures in mm-hmm. um, Black History Month. It's really cool to each day I'll like highlight a civil rights leader that maybe you didn't know about this person. Um, I like that. And then, um, yeah, so we're doing that in the novel ties in or the okay, play well, ties in. I'll put you on well. the spot. Can you name one that maybe not the common folk would know about that we should look into or you oh my about? gosh i would i don't i know i put you on the spot I, I, um, all right look it up while i tell you about my week yeah uh i worked on a commercial it was very boring and that's it Are you done yet no okay. have you heard of I'll the expand, I guess. have you heard of the little rock nine sounds familiar but i do not i will say i do not know the little rock nine were um a group of nine black students who enrolled at a all white central high school in Little Rock, Arkansas. Right. And is that the, is that the one from uh, uh, Forrest Gump? Or I guess that was Alabama, huh? That was Alabama. Uh-oh. But these same kind of thing. Greenbow, right? Alabama. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, stu- the students were Ernest Green, Elizabeth Eckford, Jefferson Thomas, Terrence Roberts, Carlotta Walls, which is the one that a lot of people know, um, Minnie Jean. Brown, I hope I got that right. That that's a hard name. Gloria, Karlmark, Telma Mothershed, and Melba Patio Beals, um, and they essentially were they they enrolled at this all white school, and of course it was met with opposition, a ton of it, and violence. Um, so they actually had to have um, armed escorts to yeah, the National Guard. Like, yeah, and stuff, right. Yeah, in. President Eisenhower said, like, he's like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to send, like, um, armed guards with you. So they sent federal troops to enforce integration and protect the nine students. Like, um, it's insane. It wasn't that long ago either. On September 24th, the president ordered the 101st Airborne Division of the United States Army without its black soldiers who rejoined the division a month later to Little Rock and federalize the entire 10,000-member Arkansas National Guard, taking it out of Faubus's... I don't know who Faubus is, but whatever. Armed escort. Um, Yeah, they had to block the black students... They tried to block the black students from uh, coming into the school. Um, Crazy. Crazy. And it's... There's still stuff going on today, but I think... My kids, it's really cool to hear the kids say, like, we're getting better as time goes on, but, like, we still have to remember to, like, push our, um, what do you call them, higher-ups, our leaders, like, our nation's leaders to really continue that movement. Right. Um, and just, you know, we... It's not an overnight thing. Yeah, it isn't. And it's it, going to take generations. But it it, we'll, will. Get, we'll get there. But we got good kids on the way. That's what I wanted to say is, like, to wrap it all up, the kids are really into the story, and they... um. I feel like they're going to be responsible um, voter citizens and everything because they're so into it. They're they're already at that age, like into it and educating themselves and reading and researching. They'll tell me like, I looked up this online and, you know, cool. Gets you a little misty eyed because kids are kids are so wonderful. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's, it's been a cool week that and just catching up on shows. Like yeah. that, I haven't seen. I got yeah. You finished um, the, boys. the boys, so I got to finish up Doom Patrol. I started it. Um, 
So I'll, I'll try to get through that as quick as I can. We'll do a good episode. Um, on yeah. So I worked on a video. I'll expand a little bit. It was actually really cool. It was cool. It was really, it really was boring, but, um, we actually were at Jane Seymour's house who is, if people don't know that name, it's Dr. Quinn medicine woman. She was also the mom in, um, wedding crashers. Um, who looks like she's, she's like 40, she but great. she's 70. Yeah, she looks great. She was, uh, I saw her a few times. She, she was, yeah. Um, and it was a really cool house. She had a fucking tennis court that had a basketball court inside it with a pitching mound and a batting cage. So I'm guessing like probably one of her kids plays either softball or I think it was baseball because it was a mound. They don't have mounds in softball. But then, then, and then the next part was like this little garden area with like this waterfall stream thing and then around that was a putting green oh so nice um in malibu it was it was was her actual house yeah that's i think it's for this company called crepes erase it's like this anti-aging product and i have a feeling she's like kind of involved with the company somehow or just very much her invested or something and also it might be for covid reasons too because she's yeah like you said 70 70 yeah um yeah, we had to really make sure for COVID reasons, like uh, the reason I didn't see her that much because I was like in a, I actually was in the same group as her, but because I was just like a driver, I really wasn't allowed inside the house. <laughs> She's kind of weird, like, but I, it was, we were, we were very restrictive trying to keep her safe. I am so. fascinated with her. Like I'm looking at a bunch of pictures of her and she's just like super gorgeous. Smile, her smiles. Amazing. Like she just like, I think she does a bunch of charity work too, I think. Um, she sells jewelry, does that heart thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was cool. Oh and then gosh. I got, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of funny yesterday. I, I had like a bidding war for me for, to, to do another job coming up. Um, it was actually day two of that shoot versus this other production manager that I work with, uh, Sam. And it was like, one had more days, but the other one was yeah. paying more. Like, and it was just like, well, I went for more days. I just rather it's more. It technically is more money over those four days. Yeah, versus two. That must be hard sometimes because yeah, there's I stuff you want to work Cause on. Because like, yeah, I, I initially did the the second day with my buddy Andy, and I had to go back and go, hey man, I got a better offer. But the the move there is, <clears throat> if you can't, and it it was like penciled in, it wasn't like confirmed. It is like next weekend, but um, uh. The move is, hey, I can't do it, but I know some people. I can give you a bunch yeah. of names, and but I think he's got up some people. But that's good. Yeah, I feel bad, but he gets it. He comes from the PA world. Yeah, he's just now becoming like a production manager, so he gets it. It was funny. He we were at that shoot, and he's he just like really nice. He was like in these nice slacks and a dress shirt, and he had a sweater pullover. And I've worked with this guy, and he, as a PA, you don't wear your nice clothes to work. You wear try to be fashionable. You want to look good, you know, but yeah, you don't want to get you're going to be carrying stuff and getting yeah. dirty. And, and so I noticed that he was dressed. I was like, Hey bud, looking good. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, <laughs> a PA body and, and a production manager yeah. clothes. And he's like, well, I was like, well, you keep it up. But so shout out to, to Andy. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. UFC. UFC was awesome. I know you didn't, we, you, um, I missed, like I'm one or two fights because I, I, we started at your house. Yeah. We started the prelims. Um, I'm going to put some music in the background. By the way, what was that? What was that first song? Um, was it Alkaline Trio? I hope you get that. Yes. Yeah. Shout out. To, that's for uh, Kyle Kogan. Um, mm-hmm. That's like his favorite band. And so I'm going to put some more on in the background. 
that first song was it Mercy Me? That's like my favorite song. Yeah, it's a I'm good not, song. I'm not a, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Um, yeah, I like this one. Um, UFC. Um, our friend. Well, your friend. <laughs> I want to be a not, friend with him. <laughs> well, acquaintance at this point. I don't know. I, oops. Sorry. My ring camera's going off. Let me turn my uh, um, phones off, Robert. Um, you you say his name. I trained Benil Dariush. I trained at um, King's for a long time. Like, I was just be in the beginning, you know, but um, he's a really, really awesome dude. He helped He helped us. He would come in and, you know, chat with us and talk to us and give us pointers and everything. And um, he's just a solid, all-around, really, really sweet dude. I think you saw that in, like, the post-interview. He was kind of he was kind of spicy. He's kind of throwing <clears throat> first some time, shade. Yeah, his first time. Yeah, because the other times he's been very humble and he doesn't like after his knockouts. He does a cool walk walk away, but it's not. He's not a, usually like the attitude type. But and the, in the, the, interview, the walkaways, I can see people saying like, "Oh, he's being cocky." But the two walkaways, he's literally he was literally walking away from the fight, regardless if that guy get knocked out or anyways. Yeah. He, he was in that motion with like the back spinning back fist. And then what was the other one? He just knocked the knocked guy. Knocked the guy out, he was, yeah. He Over was kind of already going that way. But and and when you connect that hard, you kind of yeah. have like a feeling right away. Like, oh, I got it. I yeah, got it. Hell yeah. So I, I don't think he's that cocky. No. And, and you got to have some, like in that world, you have to have some like attitude. Like Dana White wants to sell like the entertainment value. And yeah. I think this time around with, with his little exit interview, like... He, he called he was, Dana out. He did call Dana but out. He was saying, yeah. So let's, let's talk about that real quick because he was saying that him and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Ferre- Ferreira. Yeah, Ferreira. He Ferreira. that they both deserved a top ten fight. That they didn't deserve to fight each other. I don't agree with that. Sorry, bud. Like you guys are still pretty new to the UFC. If you look at these guys that are in the top ten, they've. They have twice the many fights, maybe, in well, the UFC than you guys do. Well, and not only that, but, like, I think this fight was important because... It was good. This was... Because... It, I think it was perfect. You guys were perfectly... Yeah. Not perfectly matched, but it was a good fight. Um, went the distance. Yeah. But we haven't seen that from Benil in a while. I, if... So that, I, I have some feelings, which we can get into right now, about how it could have gone, but um, overall, I think, I think you're right. I think... Like the whole thing of you know we should have had a better fight. Well, it's like you needed this fight. Both of you did. Both of them needed to fight each other in order to be kind of prove themselves for the top ten. So yeah, and as much as um, Ferrer lost, it wasn't a knockout. No, although he lost in the decision, that still looks good. Like yeah. he still held his own against this guy that won. So. He might get like a number ten fight, where Benil maybe next will get like a number seven, number six, yeah. depending on. Uh, I, we were I, talking I said, about Tony Ferguson. I think right? that's a great. That'd be a great matchup. matchup. I think that then that proves because I think um, I keep wanting to say Max Holloway, but he's in a different class. Um, Ferguson, I think he was doing really well, and now he's kind of on the decline. He's a little older, and he hasn't been really been the Tony Ferguson we know in the past few fights so it might be a good position for Benil to really move up yeah so I think that's good there's a few guys on that list there's that some I'm monsters, scared for yeah. Benil. like Khabib is on that list I don't no on that list can even fight Khabib it's crazy yeah it's, it just can't match in, his in, wrestling and stuff so during the fight I had to break it down it went back and forth um Benil was getting some really heavy hits in and like some of them like stumbled 
Ferrero. When Benio gets hit in the face, he doesn't. Just takes it. He takes it. He, when he 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 throws his hands, he throws his head down, and it's it's not like a straight punch. He it's, brings all his it's momentum. It's like a over. Yeah. A, a, I don't know what it's called, but it's not. It's like a reverse uppercut. Overcut. Yeah, it's like an overhand. Yeah. <laughs> and he just uses his head as a shield, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and he takes it, man. But then even on the ones on the chin, he just it doesn't look like he phases him very Boop. much. And then yeah, he keeps and going. he's and we saw that in those other fights where there were moments where like, oh shit, watch out, Benil, and he was getting rocked. Yeah, like and then uh, he just turns it around. Was it was it, who, what was the first guy? The guy he knocked um, out. It's not Jakar. Is it Jakar Close? Yeah, Jakar Close. It's when so he hard was, to keep his name correct. Was, yeah, when he was fighting him. There were a couple times where Jakar hit him, and you could see him kind of like be like, "Oh shit, that's heavy hand." Yeah. And then he came back and just like demolished him. So yeah, I, regardless of you, uh, you knowing him and put him, you know, in my my radar, I think regardless of that, he would have been my new favorite fighter if I didn't a, know who he was. I'd be like, "Oh, I like this Benil guy." He's like, a great I, fighter, yeah. and he um, this fight was really cool. Like he. I wanted to see him knock him out. I think if he if he would have been on his feet a little longer, he might have gotten a knockout. But I don't think that's what he wanted. He wanted to show his versatility, get on the floor. I think this you will know. show him like, oh shit, I'm not really indestructible. There are gonna yeah. be some guys that I I gotta you gotta fight. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it was was it that fight where we're he was trying to wrestle more. Yeah, it was very yeah, yeah he, he was, was wrestling a lot and. And I, I kind of have a feeling that was in the plan that they probably saw some tape with Ferrer that um, he's not as good and waste some time. Try to you might not be able. To, they might have saw that he's not been able to been able to knock out. I don't know his but stats, but it, it looked different than the other two. And fights. it didn't. It was noticeable. I think it, even like the it didn't. Commentators it said it didn't pan out for what he wanted. I think he wanted the submission, but I, I think he wanted to have. <clears throat> to, to be like the clear winner and have more takedowns on yeah. the card and then in his back pocket just in case he couldn't knock him out. Yeah. And it was good. It was a great I plan. I do feel it like worked. he could have gotten a knockout, though, if he were on his feet a little longer. He was getting some heavy hits. I, I got to give credit to Ferrer, though. He, yeah. he did his homework, too, and figured He's, out how to block those. Very fast. I didn't see. Did he you see any fast. spinning? Spinning? Back Actually, I think from? I think Ferreira hit yeah, him he with tried the spinning. One, but yeah, we didn't see one from um, Darush. But I think um, on the floor he tired him out a lot, and it was just you yeah. know it, he he won clearly. Emilio wants to get that title. He's got to get. He looked a little tired going into that third round. He's get and some cardio. If he yeah. wants to go five. That's a that's a long time. Mm. So, but. We uh, we're a big fan of him here at the SoSo Scrutiny Podcast. So shout out! We're hopefully one of these days we can get him on. Maybe. We're gonna work I'll, I'll on it. To him, we gotta yeah. talk to him before he gets too big, before he gets that belt, <laughs> and then we gotta get him before he gets the belt and and knows us. And then when he does get the belt, he can come out again. Yeah. And go, oh yeah, I know you guys, you can suck around. Yeah. Um, and then we'll fast forward. Um, I missed the the Guida Johnson fight. I'm kind of bummed because Guida is a fucking he's, an, a, he's an animal. Crazy. He literally looks like a caveman. So I'm kind of bummed. But the next one, the uh, Cody Sanhagen, is that his Corey yeah. Sanhagen. His name is Corey uh, versus uh, F- Freddie Egger. Is that his name? Egger. Fre- it's just Egg- I know his last name is Egger. What's his first name? I don't know. He's been around. He's 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 a yeah. little beast too. He's a little meatball. Um, but holy shit, Corey Sanhagen is. You got to start knowing this name because he's 
talk about knockouts. This guy is notorious now of fucking knocking dudes out. And Edgar, they were saying that had never been knocked out before in his UFC career and made him look like a rag doll with a flying knee. And yeah, he fell it's, straight. I, it's, it's scary when you see it, but it's it's really entertaining as the viewer when the, when the, the fighter gets knocked out and they're still kind of standing and just slowly fall like a tree, you know, falling over timber. And it, yeah, it was actually really scary. Edgar was out for a while, but he finally he got. They went to the commercial, and when he came back, he was sitting up. So, and then and uh, shout out to Edgar. He he braved it up and like walked over and still you know when they do the hands and named the, he went up there and did it. So yeah, he that was crazy. How how long into the fight was it? Was it first round? Was it the first round? I think it was the first round. Yeah. It was it was <clears throat> great. I saw the highlight. Um, Crazy. What about the other guy that got like we thought his eyeball got knocked oh, out? Oh right, that was that was earlier. That was in the early prelims, I think. Or was it in the main card? Was it after Benil? Was it stab stabman? Oh yeah, I think it was. A scar. I don't. Ha- I don't have the dude. He got. I don't have the the ones below. Or maybe it, before. I don't know. But he but yeah, got hit got, in the... F- I thought it was his eyeball. They, they posted it on uh, the UFC account. Yeah. It's a crazy photo if you it's look like at it. It's like a big old welt. That sucks when that happens, but... Because it's like the doctor called it, not even the judges. Yeah. But it's like... Good on the other fighter for giving you such a bad injury. You can't continue. Regardless yeah. of if you... You know, these fighters always want to fight. Even yeah. when you get knocked out, it's crazy when they like come to... And, and they start no, fighting, no, 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 yeah, start fight. fighting the, uh, the referee. Um, so they always... But... It's even worse. Oh, I, the picture's right here. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, Justin James. I got. Oh, it's the Guitar Hero guy. Yeah, that's right. Is that guy? I got so scared at first because <laughs> I was like, "That's his." Is that? But his it's crazy eyeball? where they like they cut it. They they don't let him fight, but they let that other woman fighter oh, have the huge well, yeah, like yeah. oh my hematoma. god, that was way worse. Yeah. Um, but you know, next to the eye, you don't want to lose that guy's vision. That's that's crazy. Um, and then the the main card was uh, Overeem versus Volkov. Just recently became an Overeem fan. Like I started, I wasn't. It was kind of when he fought. Did he fight Lewis, Derek Lewis. He fought somebody that I really liked and beat him, and I was like, I don't like this Overeem guy. But man, looking at his career, I uh, UFC had been posting stuff from like his. Uh, I think it was Pride years. Amazing. That guy is just. He's been doing it forever too. I didn't realize how long this guy has been doing this and doing it well. And um, so I was rooting for him. Uh, but Volkov, holy shit, dude. Another guy that you cannot. It's it's crazy how big he looks like a skinny guy when he's not standing against anybody. And then you and then you put a normal looking like six foot like his trainers like that are probably fighters, too. And they're yeah. like six foot bit. You know, they look puny next to him. And it's he's just giant. He's, yeah. he's a giant. And. Um, and then especially next to he made Overeem look tiny and Overeem looks like the rock well yeah, the rock's kind of tiny too though big yeah. um, but fucked Overeem's face up it was it was bad and uh, knockout so shout out to Volkov how qu- how quickly did that happen I think that went to the second round yeah second, I don't think it went three I didn't get to see it because we you know like we had gotten off a little bit yeah. earlier but um, I got home just in time. I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm bummed I missed the Guida fight. I don't even remember who won that. Fight. I think he, he was did. Guida. I think. I think he did. I think I saw something on the Instagram. So, all right, now the girls can come listen to us. Well, there's some girls that, list, that watch. Yeah, you. Liz watches UFC. So there's also a, a lot thing. of like. Uh, but I know a lot of really great girl fights, woman fights. I know a lot of women are just turned off by just the idea of how brutal it is. Yeah. I get it. 
That's what that's what get, get, uh, gets guys off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into Tenant. All right. Figure out the uh, soundtrack. I'm sure the soundtrack is there. Christopher Nolan, his newest film. And it's not... Um, What's-his-face didn't do the music that he usually does? Hans Zimmer? He didn't do it because he was doing the sound for Dune. Oh, yeah, it's I remember by that. by Ludwig Gorgensen. It still sounded really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Nolan was like, hey, do your thing, but I have a sound, and it comes, you know. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I bet you anything, Ludwig probably reached out uh, to Zimmer, Zimmer yeah. yeah, or vice versa. I'm sure it was, it's pretty, pretty mutual. That's a yeah. small community of, like, cinematic composers mm-hmm. like it's there's not hundreds of those people you know what yeah. I mean? like at that level at, at least um yeah so 2020 kind of sucks because this was going to be that uh the breakout blockbuster Bl- that summer, summer and fucking covid yeah. ruined everything um directed by christopher nolan um starring jo- uh, john david washington robert pattinson elizabeth debicki debicki uh, Dimple Kabadia, Michael Kine, and Kenneth Morano. Um, <laughs> I I actually was lucky enough, even though it was locked down for like a minute in Orange County, they opened up movie theaters, and I fucking rushed down to Irvine at the Spectrum, which is the the true IMAX in Southern California. They they say they have one at the block or the outlet, yeah. but it's not, it's a, it's a big screen, but it's not, not quite like you that. see a true IMAX and it's like a three story screen. It's so big. So I got to see it on IMAX and, and then since then I saw it uh, on TV. Yeah. So you saw it on TV. Right? Yeah. Different experience. And I've seen it once. Would you want to see it now on I, a big screen? I think I would just because I feel like the, Experience would have been different. Like, I mean, this one, it, he's done it in the past with the IMAX cameras, but this one was like full on. They like redesigned again the IMAX camera for yeah. Nolan to make it more like a red camera. It's like way smaller now. So, yeah, it's it's a movie theater experience. I feel so bad for Nolan because I'm a big fan and he just wanted to share this crazy story yeah. visual. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's where like the two roads kind of diverge or go in the opposite way for me is like on one end, there's the visuals on the other, there's the story, everything else and the acting and all that on the other side. So start with the first one. You want me to start with the visuals? Yeah. All like, right. Visuals are... the story is a bigger thing. So, like, yeah, overall, how'd it look? Visually, it's amazing. Um, Christopher Nolan doesn't do a lot of CGI, if much at all, right? Well, Interstellar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. But even then, he figures out other ways I feel to, like, like, make it look yeah. like, you know? Um, um, no, like, especially a lot of the backwards stuff... They they actually learn how to fight yeah. backwards. Try to choreograph the fights to look like forward and backwards. It would look good both ways. Yeah, the car stuff. They f- filmed it real and then did it backwards, but then had to figure out. Yeah, it's the visuals are amazing. Like there is some CGI, but it's I feel like Nolan and like Fincher and even like Scorsese. Scorsese gets a little out of hand sometimes, but I think they're more. They use CGI to take things out and and just add a little bit. It's not big CGI monsters, Marvel over the top type stuff. Yeah. It's just 
little focus is on the real, but it's just to add this nice little layer. So and I, the visuals are great, and also the sound. Like I wanted to say that yeah. I love the soundtrack. Like this song, right? Here, it's great. It's the awesome. Opening with the violins and the orchestra yeah. and the real sounds of the gun. God damn, it just puts you fucking. It's hard pee right there. Sorry, it it, it puts, puts you right in there. Yeah. It, it yeah, I love that. As ridiculous as Nolan's stories are, and it made. I think it's one of the reasons it made the Batman trilogy so successful and, and people love it so much because it's so, it's so grounded. Yeah. It's, re- it's yeah, a ridiculous premise, but even with Interstellar, you kind of felt like you were in that ship yeah. with, with, uh, McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. You know, so all right, all right, all right. I, I think it's hard to do, but he, he's a genius at it. And he's really good at it. Cinematography. Great. I, um, thought it was awesome it's uh done by hoyt van hoytman yeah that's funny his last name and his first name were kind of the same thing he did uh he did interstellar um dunkirk uh then did some ad astra that's not nolan but um he did her specter he's done some really cool fighter yeah so this guy's no joke either yeah Um, and then we get down to the acting where that's where it kind of started to diverge for me like I'm not saying the actors are bad at all by any means but the chemistry between these characters was not that of what I saw in like other Christopher Nolan movies like I love Robert Pattinson think he did a good job and then I love um Washington what's his first name David David I wanted to say Denzel I'm like no not (laughs) David Washington um, I think David's better, maybe a better actor than Denzel. He, he's got to be, a, maybe. He's a really good actor. I just, I feel like the chemistry wasn't, like, I didn't feel the connectedness between the characters as much as I did in, like, Batman with, like, Michael Caine and um, Christian Bale or, like, those types of things. Like, I felt like the chemistry was a little off. Uh I don't like to blame Christopher Nolan for anything. I think he's perfect, but I think anything you should probably blame him for one. That's one of the main jobs of a director is not only telling a story, Mm -hmm. but getting the best performances out of your actors Mm -hmm. that on top of, they had a lot of story set up to get to a lot of dialogue. And so a lot of it's rushed and that's, it does. That's what it feels like. That's, that's, that's that's kind of a Nolan thing. He, he has these big ideas and he tries to get it in in two hours and, the I think what costs him sometimes is like the narrative dialogue mm-hmm. and these emotional scenes. He doesn't get those, and he has more of like a action. He wants to use the and I that think that's why I like him. He's like yeah. This, so he's like this classy Michael Bay. Yeah, for <laughs> he's sure. He's a British classy Michael Bay. And <laughs> yeah, I just I think he in because Mike, hey, Michael Bay gets a lot of shit, but yeah, that guy has so much fun doing what he does. Yeah, he does. And you can't knock any all of his stuff. The Rock is it, it, for what it is. It's fucking cool. So yeah, sorry. I well, I, the, I hate how he gets. He's a punchline yeah. sometimes. The um, I I don't think the acting was bad. I I want to like make sure I make that clear. Like the it acting was really good. It just didn't the, the chemistry. Yeah, and it like I think that had to do with the which gets me to the writing. Where I think, like you said, very, very rushed. Um, I, I there were times when I was like, I have, I, am I supposed to like know what's going on in this moment? Or one, like one thing I could suggest to people, 
with all Christopher Nolan movies, that being said, because you can't hear Bane or anything. Yeah. Throw the captions on. I mean, I'm a big caption guy anyway, yeah. but you're really going to need it because some of the, like, the dot, like when it's back and forth with, at the end with David Washington and um, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Um, with the like he's in the past it's like yeah. this, they're talking to each other it really helped the second time when I had the captions yeah because um, it's kind of a crucial kind of point um, but yeah I mean it, Christopher Nolan always has has a tendency of everything sounding bad yeah <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it's bad I think it's creative he's fucking with sound he's doing something people aren't doing I like it yeah and I do I I didn't hate the overall story. I think it would have been like a really, really good concept had it like been more like, you know, like well, the idea. So what I've heard through rumors and and stuff I've read in like IMDb, excuse me, coffee burp, um, is rewind a little bit. He does the I don't know if it was at the same time or after Batman, but during that time. I know Christopher Nolan wanted to do a Bond movie. He is a British guy, grew up yeah. on those movies. He, who wouldn't be? Um, and that was about on the time Dan and Craig started to have success, and that Casino Royale happened. Yeah, and I think they wanted to up the game with the next ones, and that's when they picked up Sam Mendes. And I think this, I think this is my just my idea is that the studio was going like, whoa, we're, we have Sam Mendes or Christopher Nolan. You know, that's a yeah. Sophie's choice of amazing directors. And they went with Sam Mendes and Christopher Nolan was kind of like peeved about it. Yeah. Like, and this, he went and did his own thing. He went and did interstellar and, and, and Dunkirk and stuff. But he, I think he's always had this idea of his own version of like a new age bond, bond. but and, with a sci-fi twist to it. Yeah. And this, it, it I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, because this movie cost a lot of money money, and they were hoping big time to make it back. And COVID, it's not his fault. Yeah, I mean, he it made isn't. An, it should have. This is set up to be a fucking tentpole movie like that. And the end, we know Robert Pattinson sacrifices himself, but we find out that they've known each other for years and and I think it's supposed to set up for like maybe two or three where yeah. this first one was actually the first, but the end. It's like that's how Nolan's memento mind works. Is yeah. Start at the end. It's not going to be one, two, three. It's actually one, two, three and back to one. like the one is actually the still the book. He deals book a lot end. in time. Time is like his favorite. I Even in the Batman movies, time is a factor. Like every. every- I, can bring it up. I don't know if it's if it's a more of a visual thing, but there is this. um clip where he talks about how he thinks about memento timeline that's like a 17 minute one that's long this is this is one minute see if it if it plays my solution to telling the story subjectively was to deny the audience the same information that the protagonist is denied and my approach to doing that was to effectively tell the story backwards that way when we meet the character we don't know, just like the protagonist, how he's met that person, whether he's even met that person before, or whether or not they should be trusted, that kind of thing. So That's he, basically the end of the movie. So he, he is a visual a thing. He drew, he drew like a, a U on its side with like the opening to the left. Yeah. And he, then he drew a line at the little curvature and saying, That's the end of the movie. This stuff is the black and white. Yeah, it's kind of visual, but. This is color. 
and this is running backwards as a series of jumps. And what we do is we cut between the two the whole way through. Ah, that's cool. So we alternate scene here, scene there, scene there, scene there, scene there, scene there, and they meet towards the end of the film. But then within this, you have flashbacks to a different timeline, which is actually even earlier, somewhere around there. <laughs> this is a third one. <laughs> also within this, you have flashbacks to an earlier time also. This is the fourth one. There. Wow. So, so yeah, he he go, go look it up. It's, it's pretty a, famous. He's got a complicated mind and like Well, his brother too is like a astrophysicist or something. He's the one that helped him write Interstellar with like black holes. Ooh, that base. Yeah. Um, so that fa- that family's just good on those parents, yeah. man. They made some good sip, uh, offspring. Um, but then like overall quality, I thought it was a quality movie. Um, you can't direction, say this is a bad movie. Direction, no I knocked him a little bit. Um, I give it a three. That's something, It's he sacrifices that on every movie. Originality, I, I had to give him a five because it's like he, it is an original concept. In a, in a world where everything's been done. It's just everything has been done. Even the, the idea of Inception or these ideas that he does, Memento, it's still overall, you know, a bad guy versus a, or a good guy versus a bad guy. And the 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 basis of this, what do they call those? Like the, the first like storytelling. There's only like seven or nine of them where it's like man finds woman, man fights beast. You know, like there's only these certain yeah. ideas and, he pushes it and yeah, tries to make it and yeah. he kind of tries to work outside of those parameters cool. and like break the rules Not a lot which of people is are nice. doing that yeah so um, I gave it five as well on that yeah but overall um my overall score it's, it sucks because I, I would never think I would give this I was gonna say, wait before you say it though do you think if you watched it like today in the theater it would go up maybe one more time because of the time? visuals I would think maybe what's your score though um, 69. What? I gave it a 69. Oh. I knocked it in so many areas that like it did, like emotionally, I was not like, well then yeah, that being motion said, impact was do you low. think seeing again, maybe under, it might knowing, go up a little bit, I but hope so that's really low. It It is. I love, I love Christopher Nolan. I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan, like all the way from Memento. I watched Memento back when it. It was like it a newer mind. movie. It, I remember, yeah, watching that when I was like twenty-one or something, and the rest of the day was weird to me. Like it just, yeah, like, things were just weird. But yeah, all right. I think if you go in this movie not ready for an old movie and are you know, if you it, have a preconceived notion and want to and want to yeah. see a Michael Bay movie, yeah, you're not gonna you're gonna get confused and. It's not going to be what you wanted. That being said, I gave it a 91.5 because I fucking Whoa. love this movie. Um, I don't think it's his. I don't think it's it's not my top 10 of his movies, probably. Hmm. Well, he only has he only has like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It might be like number 10 or number nine on my list. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but it's not the bottom. Honestly, I don't. Well, we'll get into it. The the, the brand. I think it just not it. There was so much that like. Yeah. It's, could, I I saw going differently that could have been even like weirder, but 
explained a little bit better. Like I had questions. Liz and I were just like, whoa, yeah. this is like crazy weird, you know? But I trust him. Yeah. And you kind of have, have to do that with Nolan. You just kind of have to hold on and enjoy the ride and just don't ask questions. Just go, okay, yeah. sure. Okay, Mr. Nolan, whatever you say. Yeah, it's his <laughs> world. You're entering it. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's good. We'll go watch it, hopefully in theaters soon. Yeah. Um, we'll yeah. figure it Let's out. Let's get into, what do we call it? Called it the Nolan Film Rises. All right. This is the draft. Um, so basically, yeah, we'll, let me name all his movies. He did, we're not going to count following because it's like a short. It's not really a movie movie, but it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore, but if you haven't seen, if you're a Nolan fan and you haven't seen following, go check it out because you can kind of see where this genius is, was headed. It's like yeah. his film noir type uh, movie. Um, then we got Memento, Insomnia, Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Inception, The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet. Um, I do love that he did these other movies in between the Batman movies. That was definitely a deal with Warner yeah. Brothers. Like, I'll do these Batman movies, but I get two or three yeah. in between. Um, so we are going to cheat a little bit just for, for the bracket sake, too. We are going to count Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises as like one, one, the yeah. Batman trilogy. Um, I think we can all agree, though, like the number one on that three is the Dark Knight. Yeah. Right? We'll kind of make that like the, the... He's the leader. Yeah. But the other two are no, they're nothing. To, okay, yeah. yeah, nothing to knock. Um, so we're going to, I wrote them all down. We're going to do a draft. So because uh, we want to have it random. I'm going to put it, put it each, in my hat. We each pick four. I'll just, I'll just do it. You're going to write it down. So the first seed, the Nolan Rises... Is Interstellar. Interstellar is going up against Tenant. Ooh, that's gonna be an interesting, interesting conversation. You good? Mm-hmm. All right. Third um, seed is Inception. So on the other side, you can just go down. Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Inception. Like if this, yeah, like I was saying, if this was like a sporting thing, teams are ranked, so it's like uh, one versus thirty, two versus twenty-nine. But we can't really rank these. That's why we're doing it random. All right, that inception is versus insomnia. Another I, a lot of I movies, huh? A lot of one-word movies too. All right, next one, Dunkirk versus. Memento. Good over there? Yep. And then the last two, the Batman trilogy versus the prestige. Oh God, this is gonna be so hard. We can't we can't dilly daddle on each one. We really gotta make our like our gut decision on each one because yeah, we gotta, yeah, get, through could this. Take we gotta get to the Kyle interview. Um so seed one is Interstellar, in. Interstellar Tenant. Can I see it? Can yeah. Because visually I want to see these. Uh, we'll, we'll post it on uh, our Instagram too. Once it's all finished. All right. Interstellar Tenant. All right. So Interstellar versus Tenant. What do you think? I Thoughts? Personally. Um, it's nice that we do Tenant right because we're fresh on it. I, I, I would have to go Interstellar. And the reason why is because as a kid. I was always fascinated with space, always. And there are these really quiet 
beautiful moments of like Matthew McConaughey like looking out the window. NASA said that they they nailed it in seeing yeah. space and seeing the expanse of the universe, and like that's the he basically put the wonder that I had in my brain as a kid into film form. So I connected with that movie. Another another uh, confusing. Story it line, is confusing, but yeah. in but it's said to be in theory. Like it's, I think NASA was all accurate, uh, and I think that big famous black hole thing they made was before they like finally got a picture of a black hole. Yeah. It really was. They already had an idea of what it was going to look like, but that was that's awesome. They've yeah, NASA was so having said that. And having said that, having said that, Tenet. The story and in theory what I think it should have been, like in my brain, like I I think the story and like the the kind of the flow of it had a less confusing and better like kind of feel to it, but overall Interstellar like wins for me. I love the music more in Interstellar. Yeah. That organ. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I'm gonna mention again whoever it's up against. Um, yeah, I'm. I think it's right away. Interstellar. Sorry, yep. Tenant. Tenant's just too fresh too. It's. It, I don't know. Need some time to bake. It's still great though. Yeah, it is a good movie. All right, what's the next one? We got Inception and Insomnia in the third. Or do we want to go across to Dunkirk and Memento? Yeah, let's go. Let's go across. All right, Dunkirk and Memento. Okay, well, we just talked about Memento and just how crazy storytelling that is. Dunkirk is straight. Well, no, it's not straight. Let me take that back. That's another very creative way of storytelling. They took you took three different timelines that are different time period, like and two he different times, still and stretched it out to make it look like it like, was one. Yeah, and like it's a historical event that he still made somehow like kind of sci-fi in theory like time-wise like jumping across time and stuff like that but is it rival to like saving private ryan that's like the greatest world war ii movie of all time no it's close he he got close i mean you can't say it's not in the same ballpark but memento man i don't think he'd be making dunkirk and all these movies if he hadn't fucking nailed memento and and just showed everyone um, like what's his name guy Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, like, what a great actor! What a great turn! I gotta go, Memento. You know, and being American, you know, my my favorite Private Ryan, that's my movie. Your Dunkirk, that's you, Yank or not Yanks, uh, Red Coats over there, that's your movie. So yeah, Memento, Memento, we're going Memento. All right, so and I hope you guys are disagreeing with us. I hope you are. Yeah, and then we got Seed Three, which is Inception and Insomnia. The problem is, is I've never seen Insomnia. Oh, you said you'd seen all of them. Not. I didn't know Insomnia was like, oh. I didn't even... Okay, well, you got to watch it if you want to be a Christopher Nolan perfectionist. Right away, though, everyone is going to agree that it, it might be his worst movie. I liked it. It. I love when Robin Williams is the bad guy, like one-hour photo. You just know this guy is this joyful guy, and you just you see how evil... These comedians can have a dark side, and he did. And uh, Pacino's great. He's just Pacino the whole time, and... Um, Hilary Swank isn't bad. I don't, I'm not a big fan, but she's not terrible in that. Um, and I love some of that footage of Alaska. And but it's no Inception. It's just the concept of that. And yeah, yeah sorry. But I just wanted to give a shout out to Insomnia. It's not. It's, it's probably my. It'll probably be on my bottom of the list. But man, I don't want it to be. That's all. So there you go. So we got Interstellar. Um, in, Inception. No, be, oh. we got. Be, oh, sorry. We got 
Batman and The Prestige. This is hard for me. All the movies versus the trilogy is going to be hard. That's the That should have been the number one seed, if anything. That, well, this really sucks because The Prestige is one of my favorite <sighs> Nolan my movies. Favorite it's freaking great. And the this could, have been a, this could have been a championship round right here by itself. Um, this is going to be hard because I would love to say Dark Knight and the Batman trilogy, but at the same time... Is it a is it a fresh concept? Is it a concept that hasn't been done before? And the prestige is one that like really was a original, hasn't been done. You could tell Christopher Nolan like created that. And like it's nice it's twist at the end. Really hard. Cause I like I think I enjoy the Batman movies more, but I appreciate Prestige made me a diehard fan of Nolan. I was already like, I was already in with Batman Begins, super underrated. I remember seeing going like, how does no one love this fucking movie? It's great. Um, But then the Prestige was like, oh, I, okay, I get this guy. This guy is something But you have the Dark Knight, which is a masterpiece. This is one thing that I'm going to, I don't want it to be one of the things that weighs my opinion, but prestige don't i don't think uh oh mm, yeah didn't win any uh academy awards it it won it got nominations for cinematography and best direction but didn't win dark knight keith ledger he's one of the few superhero or superhero movie actors to get a, a win an award posthumously of course so i'm sorry i dark gotta Ni- go batman yeah. yeah uh dark knight right and we'll let's do that list again so it'd be dark knight I do Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Would you agree with that? D- yeah. I think so. Dark Knight Rises isn't terrible. It's good. I like Tom Hardy a lot. But. As much as grounded as you can make it, Christopher Nolan, you got to kind of appease the fans, com- comic yeah. book fans. And there are storylines and stuff that, like, I don't know if you were a big f- I'm not. I'm, I didn't read any comic books, but did was there a big nuke? Was that like a storyline in, or was that made up? I it's probably happened. I have a feeling that it's probably within the outline of what was given to Nolan. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that he read into the comics as much I, as we. I'm, no, not as like dark. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he was a fan. Yeah, and like I said, it was probably a a, a, a deal with Warner but, Brothers because they knew they could trust him with it, yeah. but. Yeah. But Joker, come on! All right, so yeah, our Batman trilogy. Right, Sorry, Prestige. So, that's so, a, that was a top, that's the hardest of them all so far. So in the first conference, <laughs> in the uh, the the Western conference, <laughs> we got Interstellar versus Inception. Two I movies. Um, wow. Uh, you know the music of Interstellar really it's helping me with this Inception though. I remember leaving that theater. There's one of the few movies, Cabin in the Woods, um, and this movie. I'm trying, there's one. Cabin other. in the Woods is great too. But I remember walking out, going, "What did yeah. I just watch?" I remember. I want to go and back in and watch it again. Yeah, and I think we ended up doing that. Um, um, watching it to back to back. Yeah, well, not back to back, oh, but like you had to watch. We it again. watched it again. Wasn't wasn't as confusing as like interstellar i think it's confusing but it's it's you don't have to put on your doctorate hat to to understand it with like tenant and um interstellar it's pretty basic it's spies yeah trying to do a heist type thing man that's tough i have to go with inception just because of the mar like the that last scene. Well, you know what? I go with Interstellar. So what do we do? No, I, actually, I'm going to go with Inter- Inception too. Yeah. But we do have like a not a um, tiebreaker type thing. But if there is, if we 
are split on this, we are going to go to the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes for these movies just to see what they think. All right. Might sway us. So we got Inception. Now we got the Eastern Conference, Conference. which is Memento versus Batman. (sighs) That's a hard one, but I I know my answer. Um, I would go the Batman trilogy because it's just an epic. It's on an epic level and Heath Ledger and just all of it. No, we should have done is like to give the other ones a chance. Yeah, it's the Batman trilogy, but we like choose like randomly which one in that series is competing versus that one. Okay. So maybe on that first one, the Dark Knight Rises. Who is it against? Prestige? Prestige, yeah. Dark Knight Rises, maybe. Now, if anything, we need to Dark Knight versus Prestige. That's just too good. So it'd be like Memento versus Batman's Begins, maybe. Or maybe Dark Knight Rises. And I still. Yeah, I think I'm going Dark Knight. Batman, Sorry, yeah. Memento. Love it. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So we got so Batman. Hard. It's like killing your children. And no. Uh, Batman versus the, so for the championship. Batman versus. I had a feeling Inception. Batman would be. I had a feeling Batman would be in this one. So. Um, wow. This might be one we disagree on. Let's go. You know, know what? On this final one, let's go to the audience. audience. I know it's three movies, but. Um, let's see. Maybe we can do an average of the three Batman movies. Yeah. I'll do Rotten Tomatoes. We got Batman Begins. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Batman so. Begins got, for audience score. Here, I'll, I'll do the average. Give it, tell me what it is. Um, audience score, 94%. Wow. Batman pretty, Begins. That's pretty high. for. I didn't think I thought it was going to be like in the 80s for the audience. The Dark Knight. Is 99. 99? I'm guessing. Um, 90. 90. It's lower than Batman. Be- Whoa. That's weird. What's that? This one better not be higher. The Dark Knight Rises. That's so weird. Is 90. Same as the Dark Knight. That's weird. Okay. So. It's divided by three. So their average is 91. Okay, so what's 91. Inception? 91.3. Let's see, guys. Who's going to be the winner here? Well, not necessarily. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not making What did you say it was? 91.3. Inception is 91%. It's oh, funny that it's point three with three movies. Um, I know. Oh, man. This is tough because I like both so much. Um, Leo being who he is was, you know. Christian Bale. I have some complaints about Christian Bale's performance uh, at you're a, times. You're a good point. I love Leo. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's in Dark Knight Rises. Another one that, like, he did really well, but Christian Bale, the Bat voice, sometimes gets, what, a, what little, are you talking about? gets a little much. Or the Bane voice. And the Bane one, too. But... Um, uh, wait, does... Does Inception have Michael Caine? Yeah. yeah. He's his, his like dad or his uncle. Yeah, or Michael Caine's like, awesome. Oh, he's just showing. He's in all of them. Damn, it's hard. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's Joker great. Love. I think... Elliot, Tom, Elliot Page? I think... Right? Yeah, Elliot Page. I think I might... I don't know. I'm sorry. That's Ellen Page in that movie. I, yeah. Sorry. Well, you were Ellen Page then. You're a girl in that movie. Yeah. Female in sorry. that movie. But, well, and we're um, not going to go back and digital it. It's, 
it's, we're not going to digitize George, it. George Lucas, the shit. Um, oh God, George Lucas. All right, I we, think I'm going to go think, Inception. Honestly, honestly, I think I am too. It's that's hard. I love me my Dark Knight, but man, Inception was just. And it's an original concept. Out so. of all those movies he did, that was one of the few I walked out of that theater going, "Wow, what did I just watch?" Just the idea of the different layers of sleep and yeah. So Inception is the champ. All right. If you agree, maybe on our Facebook or Instagram. Or make your own. Yeah, make your own. We'll take a photo of it. We will. That was good, man. That was was good. It was. The music kind of helped with that, too. I want to put on that uh, Travis Scott song. I don't really like him, but the song is cool. The end of the movie. It's pretty good. Um, Cool. Well, stick around. Um, We have Kyle... Hogan, uh, like Hulk Hogan, like he told me, um, director friend of mine. We're gonna get into his background and everything with him. Um, I don't think we did our plugs at the end, but so if, if you want to find us, so so scrutiny.com, um, uh, so so scrutiny podcasts, Instagram and Facebook. Personals are the Stocksy Robert Arthur Maine. We still have a contest, it's on the DJ Rawstar episode the end of the episode three word phrase message us what it is and we'll send you a bunch of free shit um i think we might not need to i don't think we should say a bunch of free shit you don't need i've said that a few times yeah and i think it might be some Off people might know what it is and like oh well, i don't want a bunch of shit that i don't need no it's fun stuff and if not it's stocking stuffers for christmas next year. yeah um anything else no that's about it all right we'll stick around yep yeah and we're here on the So So Scrutiny podcast, and our guest today is Kyle Coogan, a director I've worked with on a bunch of projects. Um, welcome, welcome, Kyle. How's it going, man? Going good. Um, where are you at right now? I'm in my apartment in downtown LA. Uh, recently, finally got settled, so feeling feeling pretty good. How far is that from the new the new Simeon office, dude? It's like six minutes away. It's awesome. Right on. <laughs> which one did you Which one did you pick first, the Simeon office or your apartment? Uh, the office. Okay. Yeah, cool. usually base it around that. So. I dig the new office. I've only been there a couple times, um, but yeah, since quarantine, you guys moved in like right when quarantine kind of started, right? Or COVID? We moved in like or we, we we were set to move on March 15th. Yeah. And then like COVID happened like March 17th, so we were like moving in the process, and we're like, oh, this would be so great to have like clients in and stuff. I'm like, oh wait, no one's. No all Zoom. It's all Zoom, just like our, our interview right now. Um, yeah, so Kyle uh, is a director and executive producer and producer and visual effects artist um, for uh, Simeon. Um, uh, let's get into your early on. Like, uh, So you grew up in Chicago. Um, what did you, what'd your parents do for a living? Yeah, so I, I grew up in the, the south suburb of Chicago in uh, Homer Glen, the Homer Glen area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my... My parents, you know, hardworking, blue-collar type people. Um, my dad sells, like, truck parts uh, for, like, semi-trucks and things like that and connects. He's, like, a wizard of it all. And uh, and my mom cleaned houses and now works at my sister's dance studio. Um, oh. But, yeah, just recently, I feel like I figured out that, like, my dad, like, 
is like the Tom Brady of like truck part sales. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's awesome. He, he's like had like the same job since he was like 17, but like uh-huh. he's just so goddamn good at it. And, and everyone uh, knows well, him and stuff. Yeah. And I bet like yeah. Chicago being such like a heavily like kind of industrialized area, I'm sure they like that's a big market there. I'm sure. Right. It's kind of the central hub of the country. Yeah. You know? Like not only for, for, you know, truck, truck sales and, 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 and moving shipment across the, across the country. But also like when tours were a thing, it's like everybody mm-hmm. stopped for Chicago. And I, I feel like that's where like a lot of like, you know, my love for the music industry came in is because like every band I ever wanted to see, whether it was an East coast tour or a West coast tour, always stopped in Chicago. I, hey, I feel like, through. I feel like West coast kids that we are and a Midwest kid like you were, we were probably jealous of tours because we got some pretty good ones because it was like West Coast and a lot of bands were here. But you guys would have some crazy lineups like the Riot Fest. Yeah, right. Some Fest. ones I'd be like, oh my God, like that's, so, but we don't have that many bands on our yeah. festivals and stuff. But did you ever have that? Did you ever like look at yeah. some West Coast stuff that was like, oh, I wish I was at that one? Uh, not too many, to be honest. With you guys you. had a good, was, yeah. And I was so, There's I was a lot of so good clubs low. there too. I was, we had a really good scene and I was so obsessed with the Chicago, you know, local pop punk scene, like that, like when I went to college, like I didn't realize that everybody didn't grow up on, you know, Alkaline Trio and Rise of <laughs> yeah. and the Lawrence Arms. And like, I'm like, you don't know the Lawrence Arms? Like what's wrong with you? You know, uh, so get out of here. Very Chicago centric mindset in that way. But I mean, I don't know. We, I, we felt, I felt spoiled, like as far as like the bands that would come through and, well, you were. Uh, I I looked at you guys and like New Jersey all and New yeah. York as like, oh, I want to go there someday. Hellfest. Oh my god, and even Texas. But we were all spoiled. So you were, you were deep in like the emo screamo type of music back then. Um, but what kind of like movies were you into back then? Were you into some weird stuff, or were you were you into uh, some some early ones that like were oh shit, like this is a movie movie, like not just some kind of kid movie. I don't know. What you mean? Uh, Sorry, you're breaking up. Like you said again, what's like a good movie that when you were like growing up, like for me, it was probably like Jaws or something like that. That was like, wow, this is something different than whatever I've seen. Like might've sparked a little bit of that film director gene that was going to grow someday. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I can Or music video. Yeah. I mean, music videos for sure. I mean, I was, I remember growing up like what, you know, putting my football pads on for practice and like watching like MTV making the music videos, like my favorite show, like, and seeing all like Joseph Kahn's like behind the scenes videos for like Britney Spears and Blink-182 and stuff like that was, it definitely left an imprint um, on me. But as far as like movies, like I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like, I feel like most young filmmakers are like kind of snobby and they think they can do better. (laughs) <laughs> and that's like the first thing that comes to mind. I remember like the moment that I realized that I wanted to make movies or music videos or whatever go down this yeah. path was like, I was like 16 or 17 and I, I saw Alpha Dog. Remember that movie? Oh, dude. Justin yeah. Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. And yeah. I like liked it. I remember like my dad, I, I came home, my dad was like, how was the movie? And I was like, I liked it. But like, I, I remember I just kept complaining about it. And I was like, the one guy, like, I don't know. He was like an authority figure, like supposed to be like their boss or I don't remember the movie now, but like it was like an authority figure that just had way too many tattoos. Yeah. And especially like <laughs> at, distracting. At that time, I was like, it was just distracting. And like, I'm like going on and like, and like there was some sort of conversation where like my dad was like, well, if you think you do better, you should do it yourself then. And I was like, That's yeah, I awesome. will. 
And I'm still like that asshole, like 17. Like, I'll show you, Dad. I'll do a better movie. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. I'm still, I'm still doing it too. Well, that's that's like the essence of becoming a better artist is saying like, you know, I I can do better. I can do better. I can do better. I bet the other flip side of that though too is you got to know there's always gonna be someone better than you. Yeah, though. exactly. Like there is always oh, gonna be yeah. like the Spielberg. Like don't think it automatically you're gonna hit ev- top of Everest with your art. You know, someone's going in outer space with their stuff. You know, like it, it's just 100%. humbling. And and that and that's where I was saying I I feel like the sign of like a young like inexperienced filmmaker is someone that like doesn't see the good in things you know and and while in a in a way that that you know was really inspiring to me and I I bet I would, if I watched that movie now I would find more good than bad but I was such like a pompous little <laughs> prick yeah. that like all right I don't, are we allowed to say something? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, for sure. Fucking curse away, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Such a pompous little prick that, like, even, like, when, like, Avengers came out and stuff, like, I, like, it, it wasn't the Dark Knight, so it wasn't good. And, and like, yeah. then, like, you know, a few, probably 10 years ago now, like, I rewatched all those movies, and, like, I love them, and they're they're amazing, like, in yeah. their own in their own little pocket. Like, everything doesn't need to be dark and gritty. Everything doesn't need to be silly and funny. I'm, like, I'm glad you brought this up. It's a little off topic, but I actually was watching Endgame last night, and then I woke up, and randomly on Twitter, there was this video about pre-viz and post-viz. Do you know what this is, Kyle? I'm sure you do. For, 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 Marvel, for Marvel movies? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it seemed to me like, new age futuristic storyboarding basically like making the movie low grade but pretty still pretty great graphics and they make the whole movie and I, they even mentioned like sometimes they make this without even announcing a director or a dp yet which was like wow like <laughs> it's just set up for them um there's a there's incredible concept artists that are in there working out the details for those movies way before four they, years they were talking about yeah and they're they're working out the different looks and yeah and then they things like that and they'll make yeah, this they'll amazing. make the scene and then they'll ask the like the computer basically hey what lens and angle and where should the camera be and where should the lights be and then they'll just plan that out and then just tell the robot computers to shoot it that way and it's just like wow it's just so kinda, mind that's just kinda, the major leagues yeah. it's been kinda, basically I mean, yeah yeah, I mean, to, to be real, we've done some previs on, on on some of our videos as well. Um, like the the Madison Beer one from last year was like, oh, I bet pretty pretty heavily uh, prevised out, and uh, yeah, we had storyboards and full like clay renders of like what the scene was going to be. Wow. Um, oh, even before we shot, um, so we 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 were like halfway through the clay renders. I mean, music videos are so much faster. Yeah, but that 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 video, uh, you know, to me was like a dream come true as far as like, you know, doing a Marvel movie. Like if I never get to get that far, like that to me was like, oh, this is what this feels like. You know, we yeah. had we had one stage shooting blue screen stunts, you know, with Madison and the stunt double, and on the other screen we we were doing um, or we were, the blue screen we were doing like stunts with the two stunt doubles. Yeah. On the other the other stage with the green screen, we were doing like hero close ups of Madison, and then she would swap, and then she would go do stunts and two different you know, stages. Yeah. Between me and me and Zach were running back and forth. Zach Stoffer running back and forth, just like swapping units, directing. You know, it was it was it was really cool. And I'm like, oh, that's what it feels like, you know, to have a million things going on at once and just like getting questions you know, thrown at you. Yes, no, do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a really cool experience for sure. It's a fun buzz when you have like a good set like that. It's just like, do you feel this in the air? Yeah. That was a really fun one. And that was, was that connected to the one where we took the piano and put it inside the house? 
Yeah. That was yep, a two-day shoot, was, right? Yeah, yep, that was, was fun. Yeah, so there was like up. 118 shots in that video. And I think on the the second day, the, the, the blue screen and green screen day, there was like 72 we needed to get like in – a 12 hour day. <laughs> I'm going to Corey, I'm going to show it to you after. Yeah, you're, I got, you're going to love it. I was it. blown away because I knew obviously, because I was on the green screen, blue screen day and I was seeing it, but I didn't know what you guys were planning. And then when it came out, I was like, wow, this is like Scott Pilgrim like type stuff. Like this is yeah. so fun. And yeah, so great job on that one. Uh, little, little side story. Uh, but let's go back a little bit. So you went, um, so you get out of high school, you go to college. Um, where'd you go again? Look at it. Uh, Columbia. Columbia. Columbia College, yeah. Um, and, and did you go there straight to do film? Did you already like, I'm going to go do film? Or would, did you figure it out while you were there? Uh, so my, you know, my whole life growing up was like around, based around football, <laughs> to be real. I was never really, I'm, I was like this size when I was like 12. So I thought I was going to grow. <laughs> yeah, hey man, same here, buddy. <laughs> me, We're me all in the same group. We, we probably could all be brothers. Ginger beards and our statues. Yeah. The, the, my, my whole life was based around football and, and always wanting to, you know, play at the highest level that I, that I, I, I could. And uh, long story short, I had like a series of some pretty serious head injuries Oh, that, wow. that stopped me from playing. And in a crazy way, it kind of led me down this path of, of what I do today as well. Like, I mean, that, that alpha dog story that was right in the middle of, you know, me not being able to play football anymore and like kind of seeing the world in a different way. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's it, so I couldn't play in my senior year due to some of the head injuries and stuff. And it was so crazy because there were so many of those, you know, all those guys that you like, especially in my town, it was like, you. it was all about playing varsity football. Like college yeah. was one thing, but it was like playing Friday nights. Yeah. You know, very Friday night lights kind of Big vibe. deal, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. And uh, and so it was like heartbreaking in a way that I, I couldn't be out there with all, all my friends and all. It's like what these kids nowadays are going through this year with a lot of the right. seniors weren't able to play their sports. And man, I I mean, I, I, I played baseball, so I hear you. I, baseball was my thing. I thought I was going to be in the MLBs. And I, I was getting up of up to high school. I was like really good for high school, but then college was just like too good for me. And I, I knew it, I didn't want to go and try and fail. So I tried my other <laughs> thing with music and I tried to build in that. So now I'm trying film. So like, I hear you. And, 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 and working on these film sets and having my own like sports background on being with, especially a team sport, not an individual sport like tennis or golf. Right. It, you have this team mentality without, without you like it or not. Like I show up some of these sets and I might not know anybody there. Like I have to learn everyone's name, but in my mind, we're on a team. Yeah, we have a mission, sure. we have a goal, we have something to like win and we're all going to do it together regardless of what. I don't like the guy, the DP. And, and do you bring that in with like filmed? Have you kind of be, seen the parallel? To be completely honest with you, man, um, is like, I realize that most of the people that, that, you know, I get along with, you know, did play sports growing up and not that like being an athlete at a young age is important, but I think it teaches you a lot of really valuable yeah, lessons. Absolutely. Um, well, it teaches you discipline and then to like, if it's a team sport, rely on each other and trust each other. You know, know that like, a lot's riding on you too, though. It's like, yeah, one and, you're only, and you're only as good as your weakest link. You yeah, know? Exactly. For sure. like, and that's like, you know, as far as like with, with Simeon even too, I think it's so important. Like, you know, it takes forever sometimes to write out all the credits but like every single person that worked on that job was important in, in getting it to that end goal like there's I, I can't stand you know uh when 
other people they'll just like it's just like the director or yeah. like just like a few people and i'm like god you just don't understand what it takes to really to really get especially on something low budget if it's like a weekend thing or something like that then if i don't get a tag i'm like okay i get it but if it's like a you know 10 to 20 50,000 budget hey you know I, I wouldn't mind a little tag no one's going to look at it but i'm going to see it and so i i appreciate I it when you do I, that i i i think no matter the budget like everybody should be listed and and Cheers if we ever you. don't, like it's because we can't. So yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some dumb reason why. But uh, <laughs> but back to the the, the football thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So no more football. Were yeah. Gonna, so were you gonna try for of, college though? You were gonna like if you weren't. Yeah, I, I I think I could have like played maybe like D three or something, but and got yeah. some of my schooling paid for. Like that was really the goal. Right. Um. But but not being able to to play with those you know my friends and stuff. It, it just it was like heartbreaking in a way to not be out there. So. What I did um, is I made this like like little documentary on the season. So I like went to the two a days and like the three a day like practices overnight and like documented the whole season. And and then at the end of the year we like we had this like pretty wild highlight reel and uh, I think it was like forty minutes long. You know, like at the end of the day. Yeah. And and, and, and looking at it now, like it's so funny. Like um, I didn't know what I was doing, but I, it's it's all the basis of what I still do now is like there was like five or six like segments of like offense, defense, special teams. And then like the, the two a days, like each had their own little like highlight, but it was all set to music, you know, like yeah, it was yeah, all music like, video. it was a music video. And yeah. and then like the intro, I just took a bunch of newspaper clippings and like set up strobe lights from the Halloween bin, like, you know, that my parents had. And I just like flew the camera around like the newspapers <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, uh-huh. I was like doing after effects before I knew what after effects was, you know? There so you it's, it's uh, cool. Yeah, it's 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 pretty wild to see it all come like full circle in in, in that sense. So like, I never was like, you know, some some film snob growing up, and and you know, like I always loved like the blockbuster movies and music yeah. videos and stuff. So the end goal is to make movies, but I really think there's so many cool things nowadays that can be made and 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 need to be looked at as successes as well. That because not everyone's going to get to be Steven Spielberg, you know. No, yeah, of course, it's pretty rare. It's but pretty, I, yeah. especially in nowadays, he I, had to leg up back then. Yeah, I do have to say, I love Warner Brothers, whatever. I love the like full circle thing. Like, like everything was together all at once. Like you had your sports, and you had like music going, and like it just film in that opportunity kind of opened up. I'm sure that lended itself to like moving into like film, right? Well, it led into going into working with the NFL. I know we're yeah. kind of fast forwarding here, but um, to college. You, you you got in there film degree yeah. yeah so i mean i to be real i remember like going to visit like schools like purdue and university of illinois and stuff and like before the the head injury stuff like it was pretty crazy man it's like i was like like ap like calc and like and chem and all that stuff and then after the head injury like i just couldn't i just couldn't do it anymore um like i don't know if it was like i didn't have that connective tissue anymore. But like, I just thought completely different after the head injuries and I saw the world differently. And I don't know if it was like from some sort of like trauma of like the football being taken away, you know, and then like embracing what else you can do. So it's like, like, I really wasn't, you know, I, I went from like not having to study in these like AP calc and AP chem classes and just like, whatever, I'll get a B or an A, like without even trying, it came easy to me. Yeah. So then like studying and it being really hard and like failing. So like, it was a really crazy, like, uh, last few years of high school 
And then it, it like spiraled into a way where like, I didn't even want to go to college. So I was visiting these schools. And I'm just like, I'm just going to party. Like, <laughs> to be honest with you, like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't have any interest in like this, like academia anymore, like at, at all. Like, so, um, and like my, my sister is a, is a pharmacist. And I think I probably would have like followed her footsteps mm, along okay. the same path, but yeah. But after the head injury stuff, like I just, I didn't see how college would really work for me. And like, neither of my parents went to college. So I'm like, there's gotta be something. And then like, on like a last whim thing, like my parents just like showed me Columbia college. And, I, and like, I saw like, you know, like an emo kid with like long swoopy black hair and yeah. like people playing with cameras and stuff. And I was like, all right, this could be cool. So, and uh, yeah, that's why I went to Columbia college and yeah. So how was that? Was that so four, four years of that? Yeah, so four four years of that, uh, I, I chose television over film. Okay, and I, I honestly think it was like one of the best things I ever did, like without even knowing it. Um, just because at Columbia there was four thousand film kids versus four hundred TV students, and oh wow, that's we were awesome. in such a time of like the digital revolution. Yeah, is that you know after like my freshman year, we were basically doing a similar thing as what the film department was doing. As far like we didn't have access to quite the same cameras, but it was moving digital and so fast that the the difference between the two the uh, the two departments was it started to become one by the time we were were seniors. But with the four hundred versus the four thousand, we had all this access to equipment and the teachers' attention and stuff like that. Yeah, and now it's pretty huge. crazy. It's, uh, we were we were in this uh, they called this thing like the learning community uh, that it was like the same 16 kids in all of the classes, like your freshman year. So you have like a writing class together, a production class together and a post class together. And then you would mm -hmm. make a show at the end of the year. And it was like an experiment, like my first year going into it with this like digital revolution. And it's pretty crazy. now is that the TV and the film department, I'm pretty sure at Columbia are now one unit and they all go through this like learning community thing that we were like the Guinea pigs of back oh, in wow. 2008 or 2009. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't go to film, film school. Um, I went to audio school for four years. I also got my AA with that <clears throat> and they didn't put us in classes together, but I ended up with the same kids in every class it was all the, and I became friends with them. So it was kind of, they didn't mean to, but the same kind of thing. And that's kind of when I got kind of the bite, the bug, the bug bit me to do video. We, it was a post-production class, but more for audio, the whole production, the whole thing was, a project you go film something and then do ADR and, and do something like that. And we were lazy skate kids and yeah. we're like, we don't want to do that. Let's try like find like a clever way to work around this. So we shot us like a funny skate video that had um, like a storyline. I don't have it anymore, which sucks. It's not online. And, uh, and we had our actors like mouth our move their mouths like ridiculously and then did like samurai, like samurai kung fu movies and did like ridiculous voices that made no sense on top of it. And so, <laughs> and we brought it in and luckily like right when we were starting our thing, the Dean of the whole school came in and he watched it and ours was like by far the best one. And our teacher was like, all right, you didn't do exactly what we, I asked, but very well done. And same kind of, same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, kind of punk rock. So now, yeah, I am. So like, I didn't go to film school. So to, I ask all the kids, our kids, the people I work with, you know, that did go to film school, like, you know, now working in the film industry, do you feel like it was a positive going to school or would you rather just go right into it? Like I did. Um, but, and I, but I haven't heard like the TV uh, film part. And that's very interesting that because the one-on-one, with the teacher was huge. That's what I realized with audio. 
the audio school is I wasn't getting the one-on-one, like my, some of my other audio friends that went just straight into internships and they were just like getting coffee for them, but they were the only one. They didn't have 20 other kids sitting around them trying to figure out wanting to touch the mixing board and stuff too. So what, what do you say to that? You know, someone that's maybe not straight out of high school or maybe out of high school or is, is trying yeah. to figure out if they want to do film. Should they go to school? Should they not? Should they just try to, cause it's, it's pretty easy to get in. It's not that hard. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think in Columbia, they let, they let everybody in to be honest. Yeah. But I'm talking about like film, yeah. film sets though. Like you can yeah, find so, Facebook groups that just need bodies, you know? So to be, to be honest with you, I, it sounds like such like a, uh, a cheap answer, but you know, I think it depends on the person. Like to be mm-hmm. real, it's like I looking back, I don't think I, I think I would have figured it out what I wanted to do anyway. Mm-hmm. But like what Columbia really did provide was like a really amazing network of people yeah. to, to work with um, and and just access to this equipment and 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 knowledge from the from the teachers. Like, you know, so I think I would have figured it out either way. Like I probably would still be doing this even if I didn't go to Columbia. Right. But it definitely was like a giant kickstart in into into doing this thing, you know, as a Saving some money too, as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's. I think if it, if the cost was a little less, I would be a lot more pro going to school. But yeah. but it was it was one of those things where I I took so many internships on like just because like I just wanted to you know learn as much as possible and like I was just you know I was doing all these like video copilot tutorials like uh, like just to make my like projects better you know for my classes and things like that. Right. Um, and that's where like the VFX and like the motion graphics, like background came from. Oh, okay. But, um, but I was so ready, like by like my second year to like move on and like do stuff for real. Like I had a, I had an internship where I was, uh, I was rotoscoping, um, Blackhawks players out for this, like the Blackhawks intro, like for, for their game intro. So I did okay. that for a few years where I would just go in and roto out. So like, so nowadays when I hire people to roto, I'm like, bro, I've, I've been there. Like I did that for years, every day, <laughs> you know, like it's the worst, uh, but you gotta do so, it. Yeah. So I had that. And then, uh, a really big intern or an internship that I think led me down this path was at, was at JBTV. So it was this really crazy place. Uh, this guy named Jerry Bryant and, uh, it was, a it was this, it was this local access TV show that was sometimes air nationally. Uh, Jerry's a really interesting guy. He was, he had a background in, 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 in radio and, and commercials. And I don't know how he exactly got to that point, but he used his radio connects to start interviewing bands back in the day. And I think he started the show out of his basement at one time. And it's pretty wild. There's like some of the, and, and through those radio connects, he got really big names and some, like really amazing, you know, first TV performances out of bands like Green Day and the Flaming Lips and Dave Matthews band and stuff like that. And uh, he just, he did this thing for, he's been, he's still doing it. Uh, He's been doing it for like 30 something years now, you know, (laughs) like when I was there, it was the, it was the 25th anniversary and uh, he's just a really, really incredible guy of just like following his, you know, following his dreams and, uh, in a way, like I, I look around Simi and I'm like, am I just trying to be Jerry? You know, um, yeah. but no, yeah, that was, that was a really, really crazy internship and, and a really integral part of, uh, of getting me to where I am today. Uh, and it was, it was one of those things too, is, so this guy, uh, Christian Piccinini came in and, um, he, 
like was managing the TV show and they didn't really have any money to pay anybody. So a lot of it fell on like interns and stuff, mm-hmm. which is, you know, whatever, but like, I, I feel like I learned a lot and I got to shoot some of like my favorite bands and, and, and then I would do graphics for every band's interview. Uh, and then there would be a show at the end and, you know, uh, we, they, they allowed me to direct my first thing, which, uh, was the show's intro, which somehow like won like, a. uh, like a local Chicago Emmy. <laughs> Whoa, that's cool. So I was, I was like 20 years old and they let me direct this, like this animated intro. Uh, and I couldn't even get into like the Emmy party because I wasn't of age. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's funny. That's um, great. But that, that place is so crazy. And, um, you know, if you can look up anything on online th- for JBTV, he has some incredible, incredible interviews and performances. And he's just a wacky, wacky guy, wacky music lover. Uh, and he, he's just such an interesting dude. And uh, it kind of it reminds me of, uh, sounds like DJ Rostar. Do you know DJ Rostar? I don't know. He was kind of probably post that, but he was doing that same kind of thing. He did a show, internet show out of it, his apartment and had some really early, like, screamo you know post 03 type bands on there that weren't that weren't big yet and he tried to do that kind of thing and yeah so so that's huge so you, it, you got you got your kind of work your your work your footing in there kind of figuring out what you wanted to do right yeah i mean it, i was just really obsessed with the the, the music scene at, at that point you know it's like 2010 and uh i i felt like it was a really like incredible experience to like to like get into this thing and to realize that these artists are just people too. And like, yeah, have families and all this stuff. And, and, uh, it was a really cool thing where like, you know, we would, so they would, they would come in for an interview that we would play an animation behind them, do this interview with Jerry and they would play a live performance. And then sometimes we would go and shoot their, shoot their show and whatever, whatever venue they were playing in Chicago. So it was like, I was like 20, yeah, 20, 19, 20 years old. And just like, that was like everything, you know? I know like, all kinds of shows. You must have gotten to go to some like killer shows, right? By the time, by the time I was done there, like, I'm like, I don't think I have a band that like I need to go see. Like I've seen <laughs> them all. Like it's like Against Me and Alkaline Trio and Angels and Airwaves and Bouncing Souls. And like the, the list goes on. And yeah. uh, they, uh, yeah, it was just a really cool experience. And a little, little fun fact about Jerry is, I don't know if this is true or not, but like I've heard rumors <laughs> that urban, urban legend. Urban yeah, legend. urban legend is that <laughs> Wayne's World is like kind of loosely based off Jerry. Oh, like, that's awesome. Oh, okay. With, with Mike Myers, like in it being like I think he, he was in Chicago, like when that all like became a thing. And and Jerry's like a local legend. Like he's on every, like I, I would watch him on like the public access channel and then it like moved to like some weird like like church channel on uh <laughs> On, on, on like on satellite tv so like yeah the, the lead-in show would be like a ministry and then it'd be jerry with like these rock bands i'm like what is the show <laughs> so and cool like, anywhere and you can put it yeah and he just established like such these, these amazing relationships like with like billy corgan smashing pumpkins and all these people that like if you know jerry you'll never forget him you know like so uh i'll, I'll have to send you some links to, to some of the the shows it, it was such a really unique like crazy time and like for me to say that that's an uh impact with what i'm doing today i'd be i'd be lying to you sounds like you need to do a jerry documentary yeah there's been a few that were started i remember i made i, I helped make a sizzle for for one that someone was working on to get funding um, for or something i just don't know if it'll ever come out you know yeah. like so i think the biggest issue with that is that 
Not a lot of people know who he is. Well, that's kind of the point no, of the documentary, it's, it's though. Not even that. He's super interesting. Like it's yeah. just uh, yeah. he owns all the video, right? Oh yeah. Uh, he doesn't own any of the audio. <laughs> so it's oh, like that makes what sense. is this amazing music documentary without having yeah. you know the permission of these record labels? And maybe that's something we can work out in the future, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of uh, Adam Carolla and he's in the middle of doing a, a K-Rock documentary and uh, I think the last thing I heard is it's going to be multiple like episodes. They couldn't do it all in one. And the other thing is yeah, getting permission from because there's just so much music from so many decades and if it's going to cost money or how much, you know, what relations do they have? So yeah, that's a that's a big big part of it. So let's move on. We got a lot of get, a lot of cover. Uh, NFL sure. though, let's get to the NFL. Um, How did you get into that? Uh, so yeah, I uh, I just uh, applied to like an internship and uh, no association with Columbia at all. Uh, I mean, it it, it was on the resume. It through, it, I got credit through Columbia, but it it was I did it on I just did it through the website. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and to be honest, I, I think the like Blackhawks intro and like all the, I had tons of band graphics, like yeah. I had a full crazy reel, you know, when I was, when I was a senior of all these like professional things or professional looking things anyway. And it's from the, the, those two intern, internships really. Um, and, uh, and that got me in the, in the door with, uh, with NFL films in, uh, in South Jersey. And uh, yeah, my, my, my last, my last uh, year at Columbia, I, I spent out full-time interning at NFL films. Wow. Nice. So what kind of, what, what kind of stuff did you cover? I saw, I saw a credit, I think on your IMDb of a Super Bowl or championship or something. Yeah. So I was, I was an animator um, fully like uh, 2d and, and, and some 3d animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it started as, as an internship and it was one of those things where, I tagged along to the show top 100 and uh, my, my boss, Jim Isles, like, I think he was trying to give me busy work. Cause I, I'm just like an intern and just all like super anxious. And he's like, yeah, go away. Uh, yeah. And he's like, take some behind the scenes photos of this top 100 shoot. And we were in this like bank vault. And, uh, and then he gave me like a product. He's like, make an intro from your photos or something. He, he was just spitballing. And, and long story short, I, I took a bunch of textures from the behind the scenes photos and and some of the shots that that the DP got and I created these backgrounds um, to introduce each player. So top 100, it's it would, the, the players would, would rank the top 100 players, and then they would do a list that would go like in like the like May through June um, before the season would start. And uh, before I knew it, the like executive producers of the show came in and like my boss like showed them what I made. And like, this is great, but like, how, how can we do this for every player? Like the editing department is going to hate us. It's like, it's awesome, but like, we'll never be able to do this for every show. And I was like, I'll, I'll do it. And they're like, you'll do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. So, so basically my job was to make these like 10 unique graphics for yeah. each, uh, for each show that would air. And I, I, I think some that a few things, but I think that was the thing that, that got my, that actually got me hired there because like, I was the one that built it. Kyle knows how to do it. And, uh, I made them kind of have a need for me when, uh, it wasn't really a thing. And, uh, it's, it's crazy is, 
up until this past year, they're still using my graphics package I made as an intern. <laughs> that's, it's probably funny to see, like, that's something I did so long ago, but it's still out and there. And probably that's some awesome. intern is taking it over for you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All so we, 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 we templated it out. So it's, yeah. it's possible. I, I feel t- I feel bad for whoever has to, like, taken it over. Um, but uh, it's, it's, just, it's pretty wild that, I mean, it's it's been going almost 10 years. So <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Good on them. <laughs> So you get out of NFL. Um, what's what's the next move? LA. Uh, yeah. So at, at, at the NFL, like to be honest with you, that was like my dream job. You know, like I never yeah. imagined, I never imagined like I would ever get there or ever leave. You know, like, uh, and I was only season. I was seasonal, so I obviously from yeah. July until the Super Bowl or like right after the Super Bowl, basically, and then I would have these like five months off, and. Uh, I think the thing that I didn't that like kind of drove me crazy was that I just saw what my life was going to be for the next 10 years, you know, and to some people I was like, that's awesome. You know, and yeah. like my security. My, yeah. Like, yeah. and you know, like my, 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 boss, Jim was amazing. And, you know, I, I lived with, you know, another animator and like, we were like really awesome friends, Mike Rennan. And he's, he's like the best three guy I know to this day still. And, uh, and it was just this amazing job. And we would do these Jumbotron intros and all this stuff, but it started to become repetitive and mm. it just kind of scared me a little bit. Like as like a really creative person that like, I'm like, this is great. But like, if I don't take a chance, like I never will, you know? And, and uh, there was just this, this, this moment too, that I, that I realized like where my roommate, Mike, who was like the lead 3d guy where he, where I just, he, he was always going to get the best projects there, right? Cause he's the best. Right. Mm. And I'm like, I'm never going to be at his level. And I'm like, if I want to do really cool stuff, like, I think I got to leave, you know, like just to be real. Yeah. And, uh, there was this, there was a video, uh, by Alkaline Trio for, uh, I want to be a Warhol. And I remember seeing that video and it was, it was just so cool. This like really artsy, creepy thing about like, you know, uh, like almost seeing, I think there was like a, there was like a model, like creeping into the walls of an apartment, like spying on people or a guy spying on a model, actually like through the male gaze kind of a thing. And it was like such an inspiring moment that I was just like, I have to do this. And I remember like yeah. coming out of my room and like telling Mike, I was like, God, I gotta, I have to make these videos. And I was kind of making some videos at that point, but like, I wasn't taking it seriously. And, uh, and that was kind of that defining moment where I was like, and then like my head was like, I just have to go to LA. Like I have to yeah. do this thing. And like, as much as like the NFL has been cool, it's like, I have to go at least try. Otherwise I'll regret it kind of a thing. Did yeah, you, yeah. did you ever see when you're t- while you're talking about music videos and like trippy and creative and stuff, did you ever like watch like the Bjork uh, music videos? Those are a trip too. I remember yeah, those. I, I saw there was a there was this, there was this really cool uh, music video festival in Austin. Yeah, music video festival, and they did a whole introspective on on the Bjork videos. And so I actually didn't see I haven't seen a, I didn't see a lot of them before then, but it was like a whole hour block of like all those videos and amazing. On a big yeah. screen. It, I, I know I I don't know exactly which one you're talking about, but they're all they're, they're all, all weird or just all of them. Yeah, all, like my weird. wife's a huge Bjork fan, so like I get what you mean by the trippy music video style like it draws the eye for sure now was it like visual effects like your 
what your your main focus was going to be to direct or did you really want to be hands-on on a film set with a camera like or did you want to do both like what what was like well, coming, to, out, coming out of NFL? It's definitely special, you know, graphics kind of stuff. Yeah, I went to I went to school right to be an editor, or what okay. I thought was being an editor. But then I realized, like, I'm always doing all these things on the outside, like post wise, yeah. or like trying to figure out ways. And like, I didn't realize it, but by the end of it, it's like, you know. And then directing that JBTV intro, and and then I think just as like an animator. And especially in 3D or, or anything in After Effects, like you're setting up a virtual camera, you're setting up the sets, you're kind of playing God in a way, you know, of like, <laughs> yeah. this is like my little set and I'm going to do this thing. And I, I think that's where like my want and like need to be a director came in. It's like, okay, I can do this in the screen, but it's limited to like how good my skill set is as an animator. And it's like, let's try to like blend the worlds between animation and real life and, um, yeah, I just, I, I think it was always in me. Um, I just didn't quite know what it was or I, I didn't, you know, to be real is like, I never understood like meeting uh, people like at Columbia and they're like, I'm going to be a director. And I'm like, how are you going to direct? If you don't know how to shoot, you don't know how to edit, you don't know how to light, like, how are you going to do all this stuff? How are you going to know how to tell what someone to do, you know? Right. And know what and, to uh, look at, what looks good and what doesn't look good. Yeah. You got to run, you got to cut your teeth, you know? And like, and, and you don't have to, you don't have to be a master of everything, but you got to be able to like, to at least speak the language and at least like steer the ship. Like, yeah. yeah. When I was getting early on with my video stuff and I was doing my own thing, even before I was set foot on a set, I was like, Oh, I can do all this myself. I have like an audio background. I can kill that. And like camera, I'm figuring that out. And I started really quickly realize, and especially when I landed on a real set, I was like, Oh no, you really need, I can't do all this by myself. This is way too hard to do. So I, I totally get that. Um, so what's your first, first move when you come to LA? Did you have something already planned or you just come out guns ho? So, so what I did, um, it was probably like, probably like halfway through my time at the NFL is that I realized like, if I want to pursue this music video thing, I have to lay the groundwork. Like, right. so what I did is like, I just started like trying to figure out like, you know, in my downtime, like who, you know, who is, you know, who, who's the gatekeepers of these, of these music videos and stuff like that. And uh, I was, I was making, I made a few music videos uh, with my buddy's band. Who's like a warp tour band called the frantic uh, Kyle D it's his band. And, and, uh, and then, so I was already doing that, but like, I need to do it with like a bigger scale. And right. so at the time, like my world was like animation and motion graphics, like from the NFL. And I was like, well, I see that there's these, like, there's this lyric video boom happening in like 2012 about, yeah. Um, and I'm like, I can do this. You know, I did a few of these in college yeah. and, and, uh, and it really just like took off where to the point where I think there over the span of like a year and a half, we did like like 75 lyric videos or something wow. like, which is, wow. which was absolutely insane, but it was a really cool thing where it's like, you know, I had the NFL job and then doing these lyric videos for these labels, uh, you know, on the weekends and at night and it, and it was, it was an insane amount of work and I, and I wasn't sleeping or anything like that, like to get it all done. But uh, I think it like opened the door and let the labels kind of like trust Simeon, you know, and, and mm. what, what would work. Um, yeah, so Simeon's been around since 2012, but like in reality, like we weren't a real company until like 2017 or like early, like late 2016. Um, right. Those those four years before, it was just like making lyric videos, like in the in the in the downtime and like smaller music videos and stuff like that. Nice. Well, that moves on. When I first met you was 2017. Um, 
it was the Matt Mason video. Um, I think he, I think we did two in one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Um, <Yep. laughs> I have it written down. Um, it was tribulation and grave digger. And Matt Mason is one of the few artists that I got to work with where I became a fan after hit, like working on it. I didn't know if him, I think I worked on like one or two other videos before that one that you did. Um, did you work on cringe with Brendan? Yeah. And there was like another one too, or I think, I think we did two in that day. I don't know. And so I was already becoming a fan and yeah, it's, it's cool when you get to work on something that you're like, we'll get to in a second with like the blink guys. Like that was, you know, just being fanboy. but then it's even cooler. Like I, I got into this guy and now he's like blowing up. Like he was already kind of had a following when we did those videos, but now he's like blowing up and it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild where it's like, I think you don't realize, especially like, I guess maybe from my perspective is like when you meet an artist, it's kind of like how you meet somebody, you you meet them at that level and you think they're at that level in your mind. Right. Yeah. And then like, I'll be at a, or I'll go, or I would go home to a party and I would like put on a Matt Mason song. Cause I loved it. Yeah. And all my friends know it. I'm like, how do you know Matt Mason? Like, Oh, he's huge. I was like, he is. I work with him. Yeah. And then I'm like, texting him, I'm like, Oh, congrats, dude. You're huge. <laughs> I didn't even realize it, you know, like, cause you're, you're so caught up in your own bubble, but he's doing great, man. And that guy is, he's so awesome. Like on, on every level, he's, he's a good dude. And, uh, definitely. Yeah. Dated, I, I, I met up with him at a bar in Austin. Um, we just both happened to be in town and then he, he came to that Austin music video festival, like oh, I yeah. see his video, like to see, one of our videos. And I was like, yeah, what are you doing? guy? like, you're so good. Yeah. Like, you you good dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so shout out to Matt. He's a good dude. Um, so let's see, go, go through my list. And then, um, our last night, Corey and I are big oh, fans of dude. last night. That was another, that's now yeah. I was going in already being a fan. Um, I love that first record that they did. I wish they would redo it. Cause I know they're kind of embarrassed by it with the little kid screaming voice, obviously, but that's a great record. I, it, it's seriously from that record to the next record, just like their sound just changed. Evolved. His balls yeah. definitely dropped. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we did two in one day on that one too, or was that a two day shoot? Yeah, why are we we're talking about all the two in one day shoots? <laughs> well, that was yeah. early on. Yeah, man. I think that's yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Ivory Tower and uh, Ghost of the Machine, which is my favorite record. Selective hearing is so good, and I don't know the the Ivory. Indie- I've oh, go ahead. Started. Sorry, there's like a little lag, but you you go ahead. <laughs> the lag, right? Go ahead, go yeah. ahead, Kyle. Sorry, uh, I couldn't I couldn't hear the question. Say it, Corey. What's oh, the question? Oh. Um, oh, I was just I was gonna ask like, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, where did I go? I got lost with all the lag. We're professional. Um, sorry. The the independent thing, like they they they're very independent right so like i kind of want to know how that like how you got in contact with them like did they come to you asking you guys or like how did that work no so so our last night i was i was a fan you know yeah. growing up and uh, sure. they would play uh mojos and joliet like this little club and I, that's where i first saw them in, in high school i think and uh my my brother-in-law's brother uh aaron O'Real, He's like a um, like a, a live audio technician kind yeah. of guy, and uh, he I think he went on a tour with them once. I, he knew them somehow, and I just like I loved all their new music that was coming out. And I was like, Aaron, I know you know these guys. Give me it. Like, how do yeah. how does this happen? And uh, 
and that was really how, how, how that happened. And, um, I just really loved the, the ivory tower track and it reminded me of all like the older stuff. I was like, I have, I have to do this, you know, like I have to. <laughs> so, uh, Love that, that. yeah, that was, that was kind of how that came to be. And, and those guys, um, they're, uh, it, it's really amazing what they were able to do like independently and, and, uh, they're all doing pretty well with all their, you know, their, their houses in Nashville. And oh, yeah. and I feel like, like I mean, that, man. never, yeah. never think a band like that is like still, kicking and, and still making money like it's 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 pretty so inspiring cool. Re- regardless of what your genre is look at what our last night is doing and do that yeah. regardless of what it is it's even uh, harder in their genre yeah. yeah and he's he's doing like i know their lead singer is doing like classes and stuff they all have their own like little thing going on which is super little, little cool. entrepreneurs they yeah. are yeah um uh, now I had a question. Now I had, now I blanked. Um, sorry. <laughs> well, we'll just move on. That was a good one. We, yeah, we, uh, turned a car upside down inside your old office. That was pretty fun. That I still, I stole, I stole, oh, it's not in the uh, studio. I think it's in my house. I, I stole a uh, drumstick from that, that shoot. Nice. Every once in a while. <laughs> steal a drumstick. Every, every, oh, they're going to throw it away. I think it was broken. Uh, every once in a while, I'll steal stuff. Like I, we have a Travis Barker it's stick. Head. Yeah. Right behind. Uh, yeah. that's from the, <laughs> The last fever video I worked on. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so we'll move on a little bit. Uh, Pair of Shadows. I know no one really kind of knows him, but that video was really cool for me because that was like, we went to some place in like San Pedro or some, I forget what it was, this giant warehouse that had these two story, three story digital screens that were also like windows and you could see through them until they powered them on. And it was like this big screen TV. And how did you find those guys? Like, what was the, I was just this location that I, that I found through one of the sites and I was like, this is so cool. And we have to do something here and we really couldn't afford it. That's why we were there for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember hearing it was very expensive. <laughs> you had to be like, go, go, go. Yeah. So that, that was, that was pretty wild. Um, Paris is a really great guy too. And um, that was just all, I just wanted to like play into like the nostalgia of like, you know, like a, a past love and, 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 and like, I was really inspired by the, uh, the montage of hack, the, um, Nirvana documentary. Yeah. And like, honestly, like the tapes of like Courtney love and like Kurt Cobain, I thought that was such a cool, like such an amazing thing that exists. And, and like that whole video was just based around like, what if somebody, what if you found a tape of like an old love and then like you were like almost haunted by it, um, was what that whole premise I love it. Was. Cool. I, I think that was shot by our friend, Zach. Right, all that footage. Yeah, the VHS stuff. Uh, yeah. Shout out, shout out with, to him with uh, actress Marissa Luck. You know, yeah, she's super talented. They were That's awesome. Cool. That was a cool one. Um, and then we talked about this Goody Grace. That was uh, I want to say personally, thank you, Kyle, for making that happen for fanboy Robert over here because got to hang out with Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker. For, oh yeah, for like a couple. Of, we were, we didn't have them for too long, right? We had them for like three hours or something. I think it was two hours. I think it was like noon to two. <laughs> and was it like was it like one of those things where it was like two got to take off? But <laughs> yeah, they were bit, yeah. they were they were really they're great. They're good sports. Specifically, Travis was like super thankful. Yeah. You know? I was like, no, nah, thank you, guy. Like, what are you thanking me for? This is silly. Corey yeah, was, was, at, Corey was I, asking I, me what, what they're like, because you've worked with um, Tom as well. Um, and I, I have as well. Now, I haven't worked with Tom with you, but on, some, on another project. And I, I think they're all kind of what you think they are. Travis is kind of this quiet, cool dude. Mark is Mark. He's He knows he's Mark. He's cool, but he's goofy and dorky and and tom is kind of more serious and but can has his little goofy side and and but when he i feel like when the work 
I don't know when I worked with him, but he, when the, we were ready to roll, he was ready to like go, like yeah. he was down. But when we weren't rolling, he was having a good time joking with everybody. So what's, like what's your experience with the three dudes? What would you take from it? Cause I'm sure you're a fan growing up, right? This was kind of a fanboy experience for you. Oh, oh yeah. I mean that they're, you know, top, top three bands or whatever, definitely growing up. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a cool experience. You know, it was, it was, it was one of those bucket list items that like I wrote on a lot of, blink treatments and would always get like second fiddle, <laughs> you know, like there was at one point where I, I booked the home video and then just like the deposit never came <laughs> from the label. And I was just like, Oh cool. So this isn't happening. Like oh. I, nothing against those guys. It was just whoever their yeah. people were at that, that time. But I was like, Oh cool. That hurt. And so I was kind of like haunted by it. Like just how close we came before. And uh, this one came through in kind of in a, in a, in a very interesting way. So uh, one of our directors, Kyle Dunleavy, like has kind of exclusively worked with Goody Grace. And so it was at the same time, you know, I, we got emails and it was like, Goody wants Kyle to write, Kyle Dunleavy to write on, on this upcoming thing. And then I also got it from like the blink side, like how I was writing on the other treatments. And I was like, well, Kyle, we both got it. And it's like, how about this? We both want to do this. We're both huge fans. And it's like, let's both, let's, we'll each write a concept and then kind of like, you know, check each other on it and like what, what they might feel is missing. And then whatever one wins, we do it together. And, uh, that's and, awesome. that's, and that's what we did. So we pitched two concepts together. Who's uh, one? What's that? Who's I mean, concept it, one? It was, it was, it was both of ours together, oh, but, okay, cool. you know, but, uh, we, we each kind of wrote one and then like made tweaks on it. Um, gotcha. but, uh, it, it was super cool. It was like, it had, you know, all the things that I was always trying to do in a blink video and all the things that Kyle would bring into the goody grace world and to like really bring those together. Um, and we shot that video half in LA and then half in goody's, uh, hometown of, uh, was, of Selkirk. Was that and, the and, one that was in like the garage and stuff or is that a yeah, different one? Okay. Yeah. That was awesome. That's a good one. Yeah. Cause I feel like we all were very jealous of Goody Grace that day of being on a track with him <laughs> and hanging out in a uh, garage. And cause that's what we were doing back in the day, learning his, their, their songs on guitar in a garage. Oh yeah. So that, yeah. that guy, Goody Grace, man, he is such a cool dude. And like, and is like, he's just such the man, like he can, he like, these are my favorite bands. And then like, these are my favorite artists. And then somehow he just goes out and gets them on there. Gets them, yeah. And that's what I was gonna ask: is like, he, what is that? Talk about who you know, baby. Connect, not even. Know. Like, I don't even know if it's that. It's like he's just so goddamn likable. Yeah, he's such like a real guy. Like, he's you know, a cutie when, when, when we shot back in his hometown, like we were just like we shot half of the video like in his friend's house, and like he showed us where like he grew up in like a trailer park and stuff. And like, we drove around in a minivan scouting and he drove us around and like, <laughs> so the, cool. the Is he, a license? Was Is he old enough to have a license. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like 20, 21, 22. Is he really? The, wow. He looks like he's guy. 17. And yeah, the mayor, yeah. the mayor was running around like there was like jogging and like, he pulled over and like had What's a full up? conversation with the Selkirk mayor. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just like, who is this? Kid? Like, <laughs> he everybody knows everybody. Guy. He's, he's so genuine. And like, it's one of those things that it's like, he's going to make it not only because of his like musical talent, he already has, like he's going to yeah, go he made it. That's what I was thinking. Because how good he is. Yeah. How good of a dude. It's just that he's, he's an awesome guy and his yeah. real name is Goody Grace. Like how cool is that? You know? It's amazing. He's got, and he's got some cool stuff coming up that you'll just be like, how does this guy? Well, just I was just getting all the stuff. Like so in, awesome. in that realm, like does the artist, like the artist reaches out to like, 
blank or whatever. And then I was also thinking that reminded me of state champs who also reached like had Mark Hoppus on there, but I think it was, I don't know if it was a producing thing or like how that like connection, get, you know, like happens. Unfortunately though, like I think the underlying thing is a little bit of that money. Yeah. That green. That definitely helps. Um, Cause you, in, uh, you can't get Travis case, Parker. I honestly it. think that that guy just like, if he can, if he can get into the room with someone, yeah, he's gonna make a connection. Yeah, that's that guy's superpower. You know, like yeah, like, I don't like. Have I think anybody that makes it like has like this like superpower of like that's their thing. And like Goody, just like he can connect with anybody. And he's like, and he, you'll see these artists that are coming up with some of his future stuff. And you're just so cool. Guy, well, so cool. Good on Goody good Grace. for him. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get through some of these real quick. Uh, Kill Switch. It wasn't with the band, which um, as a fan, that was kind of unfortunate, but still cool that we, I got to work on a Kill Switch video. Which that video was, it was awesome. awesome. It's real. That was it. It was. It felt. I felt the uh, the emotions in that one. That was and a really cool message at the end about uh, had a suicide hotline number and everything. So that was a cool one. Um, and and that, you, was, that was with co-director with me and me and Zach Stoffer. That's right. Uh, and you worked with that actor before, right? Yeah, Craig Stark. Um, yeah, he was. I he was fun. I, I I didn't work with them before, but, oh. but but Brendan Garrett. Uh, oh, okay. Producer we work with a lot. He uh, he's known him from back in the day, and he he kind of shows up. Uh, uh, Craig Stark will show up on in one of a, one of the videos every now and then. He's just such a talented actor, and he uh, he's like he's a funny. In like, he's he in all the movie. Tarantino movies. Yeah. yeah. He's a good cool. Oh IMDb. yeah. Wasn't he in? Didn't you say Once Upon a Time? Yeah. Or something. He was in the. Like at the bar or something or something like that. Somewhere, oh, yeah. yeah. He's a cowboy. Yeah. Uh, so so that was cool. a fun one. Um, I forget how you pronounce this. Ruji, Ruji, Rujai, Rujai. Uh, Ryuji. So this one was interesting, just because <laughs> this was. He's already laughing. Interesting. He knows. This was an adventure. Uh, one, the subway car was not built at all when we showed that guy. up. I Dude, sure that was that. awful. We showed up and the, the, you guys basically asked this guy to build a, a subway car in the studio and we showed up and it was worse than a high school play. It was no, So here's here's the thing. Hmm. He had a standing subway or a, a subway car set that like looked pretty good. And I was like, "Okay, this could work. Let's put some money into it and redress it and like kind of bring it into the world of our video. Oh, okay. And this guy fucking talked the biggest game and like he really, <laughs> he had enough, he had like, he had plenty of time and honestly like plenty of money. And we, we shot the, the main day all before. And then all oh, that's right. that morning of is, is Brandon was like, he's like, don't come to set. I'm like, why? What happened? He's like, uh, just don't come. He wouldn't tell Uh-oh. me. <laughs> oh no, that's not good. And we got there and it was so rough. And, and that, that video, I think goes back to um, just like what Robert was saying about the, the, the team mentality. Yeah. It's like, everyone, everyone became like, we're like, this is the fucking set. Same. Like, it is not. So, so yeah. what we did is we pushed call back from talent, like as late as we possibly could. He was flying back to Japan the next morning. We had him come at like 8 PM or something. So we had like, like eight hours and we all ran to Home Depot and just like, I'm like, just get anything metal. Yep. <laughs> like, and then I'm like Photoshopping some signs together, like subway signs and adverts. I'm like, this guy just like screwed the pooch, like completely. Yeah. And uh, it actually turned out okay. And I- I'll just never forget the conversation with, with that, that guy who was supposed to build the, the guy and his team that was supposed to build the set. Um, yeah. 
I was like, either you didn't care or you're that bad and you went to bed at night like, this is awesome. And I, love uh, it. I think it was more like he just didn't give a fuck. And he, it, yeah, it's either stupid or liar. You're that stupid or you're just lying about it pretty much. And like, you know, for every amazing story, like about incredible people that you work with in LA, you come across like where you put your trust into someone yeah. and they just screw you over. Why but did I do that? The industry yeah. weeds but, them out though, I feel like. because It never, worked out okay. So like our, oh, yeah. our, our like our hodgepodge, uh, like set that we, that, that, not, that not only, you know, me and Robert, but the, the, the G and E guys, like every yeah. single person that was there, the first AD Parker, everybody was on it, yeah. things and, and just putting this thing together. And, and then what, what we did is we, we shot everything in like a, a wide angle close up, So everything was shallow and it, yeah. it worked. It would not hold up. <laughs> no, if you like it the second back out, like, no. and uh, then there was, and there was a second day, where we went downstairs into this like basement in downtown and had to take a techno crane down there. Thanks. Thanks for that, Kyle. You had to get that techno crane down there, huh? Dude, it was, that was, was that Justin? Was that Justin Morrow choice? Uh, no, let's, that, let's blame him. No, it wasn't, it wasn't him, but that was, that was, uh, uh was he that was, that? That, was, that was Jeff Cohn. Um, oh, okay. I don't <laughs> know we Jeff. can blame Justin for it. It's his fault. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Uh, he's been on the yeah, show. We had, so shout we had, out, we had shout sprinklers out. going off and, and all. Oh kinds yeah, of I forgot about that. We, and we were battling a uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in the other room. Oh, oh I didn't shit. know it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I knew really? there was another production, but I didn't I didn't hear that info. So they're yeah. yelling at us about sound. I'm like, we're making a music video. Like, I, this is not our talk, problem. Talk to location, buddy. Did you hear Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. back then? Keep it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So that was an adventure. Um, yeah. We talked about Madison Beer, and let's get to the one that just came out. John Legend, Thousia, Minefields. Bam. Uh, again, thanks again for that. I mean, that was a pleasure, like fun to like stand there and see John legend just hanging out. You know, it's like, Hey, that's John legend right there. Um, so congratulations on that, man. It came out awesome. Um, Yeah. It's really cool. How did that one come come across? Like, how did you get that one? Thank you. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both such incredible talents really. Like I I think, I think foes is going to take the world by storm. Like, She's so such such an amazing person, but then like on top of it, can sing like fucking Adele. Oh, it's amazing, uh, yeah. And then yeah. has like and I'm not even like exaggerating her talent. Like she's that good, and and no. yeah. we'll see with some of these live performances we have coming up, how truly great she is. Um, and she speaks five languages, I think. So it's like, what? dude, she like oh, that. That's amazing. That young lady is uh, she's she's destined for some success for sure. Yeah. Um, Very yeah, cool. So that. Yeah, how'd you, that how'd video you go? too, man. Like, that's a, I think the thing that people don't understand about music videos is like it's not only like just how cool of a concept or how creative you can be. It's like music videos to me is like when your back is against the wall, when you don't have enough time, when you don't have enough money, when things aren't ready. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what's the best thing you can get on camera? Because that's what it really comes down to. Like, especially like just how everything comes together. Like, I don't know the exact timeline, but I think I. I think I wrote the first concept on a Friday, got feedback that they liked it on Monday. Tuesday had revisions, video booked on Thursday, and we shot that like next Monday. Like, wow. So we didn't even know it was happening. So, like, three days, we, we had four days, uh, me and the, the producer Emma, to, to put that first shoot all together. Yeah. And then it's like you go in with this one plan and you storyboard it all out and like, this is what it's going to be. And then, you know, what can go wrong does go wrong. And oh, yeah. we only shoot half the video that day. So, and uh, due to some scheduling uh, issues there, 
And uh, so we only, we only had Fosia for the first day and the whole thing was supposed to be on the lake and uh, where we, where we put this piano out on, on this lake, uh, like 60 feet from shore. And, uh, and then we were, we were met with the options like, all right, so for with this now new second day of shooting with, with John and Fosia together is, uh, you know, what do we do? Do we, do we stick to our original concepts or at that point, like, man, that was hard enough of a day as it is like, maybe let's yeah. do something different. And that's where the whole concept of the field and the, the mines and the field all came through. And, but a lot of it is like, it's just, it's trusting your gut. And like, you know, to me, it was like, what's going to make this video feel as big as possible. And like going back on the lake for the second day, it probably would have been cool. And we would have got our original concept, but when you're presented with an opportunity like that, it's like, dude, let's change it up. Let's do something different and, yeah. and take the gamble a little bit. I remember that first day on the lake where you know, something happened We and some shit, hey, shit went down and we, and it was like, what do we do next? And, um, that was Parker, right? Parker did that one. No, that was the other guy, the other tall skinny guy. I keep missing them, mixing them up. Co- Colby. Uh, Cody. Cody. Yeah. No, I think that was the first time I'd worked them there. I just get them mixed up and seeing him. And I think you and the label was like, no, you're, you're going to get a second day. And I just like your shoulders like drop, just like, okay, it's kind of a, we can figure out it's not so much pressure. Let's do a second day. And, and it turned out great. Yeah. I mean, that was a cool experience sitting on that. I was sitting on the boat picking Fauzi up and she was a trooper man sitting on that it was cold out on a lake and she, she had a big dress on, but she definitely was wet. Like her feet and her bottom of her dress was wet and she was out there trooper and tickling the ivories, man. She was in between takes like singing and just playing. I was like, damn dude, she is good. I can hear her from the boat. Like, this is awesome. Well, the, the thing uh, yeah. too is that like, I don't think anybody, even us realizes like we can't take her off the stage whenever she wants, like, because we need to like, get the camera ready. And it's like, yeah. she has to stay out there by the time the boat comes, drops her off, picks her off. It's like, yeah. you're wasting too much time, especially when you're trying to shoot um, during sunset and all that. And so she, yeah, she just, she sat out there and powered through it. And we would talk through a walkie and I, and, uh, I was like, Oh, Fozzie, how you doing? Like, are you cold yet? And it's like, sun's completely down. And she's like, no, it's colder than Canada. And just continues to do her thing. <laughs> she's, she's awesome. She's awesome. Such a, such a trooper. Uh, yeah, John was great too. Um, his whole team, like I've had to deal with some bigger names and their, you know, quote unquote team. And they were great. They were very, they had a lot of stuff to do because they had to do BTS stuff and promote, do Spotify and iTunes plugs, but they were doing that in between takes and just very professional. I, hope, <laughs> I wish I could work on those kind of sets like every day. We work on that, Kyle. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> He's doing it. I'm trying. Man. He's trying, trying his best. And one day I'm going to do it. Um, uh, let's, I got a couple more questions. Uh, a couple, we'll do a couple plugs, uh, go to simian.tv, right? Is that where you, uh, uh, simian.la or simiandesign.tv. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, and then your plugs are, uh, at Kyle Coogan on Instagram and stuff. Kyle Kogan, but Kogan. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been pronouncing that wrong the whole time. It's okay. You probably never said it out loud. It's Kogan. one of those things. I'm yeah. sorry about that. Like Kyle yeah. Kogan, bro. <laughs> I will, I'll never forget it now. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. Um, out of the, since what almost four or five years now. I've been, when Robert have you ever had to say my last name though? It's a okay. man. Man, is it Robert? Mine. Mine. I've gotten man before. So <laughs> man. Robert. Man. Um, just a couple uh, last questions. Let me ask you. Um, being a PA, what do you see in some good traits of a good PA or an AD or produ- anyone that you're like your underlings, basically? You know, who? What are you looking for 
like we talk about team, like team effort, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like the term underlings to be honest with you. <laughs> I know I threw that uh, out there. It rose me the wrong way. Uh, Cause like I said, it really is down to like who is whoever is the weakest link is like, that's what's going to make or break your video, you know? Right. Um, and uh, I, I think it's a good trait to have in, in anybody in this business and any position that you are is like, it's just problem solving and, and, and thinking on your feet and thinking ahead of the situation at hand. And that goes from all the way from me with an artist who has a very distinct vision in their mind, or they want something in a specific way. And I'm like, yeah, but if you do this, this is going to happen. Right. And just like kind of presenting the problems beforehand and giving them the option of being like, do you want to go this way or that way? That's what I do when we're presenting the creative uh, to these artists and, and working through it with the label. And I think that works all the way across the board. Um, working with a DP, they're like, they're like, yeah, dummy, if you want to do this, speaking to me, like, <laughs> hey, dummy director, if you want to do this, this is going to happen. I'm like, oh, okay. And you like lay out the problems that they're not thinking of. And I think that that literally goes down every single aspect. It's like, okay, you want me to do this? And then it's like, but then this could happen. You know, everybody's yeah. got a boss or someone that they're, that they're, that they're, um, that they're uh, responding to. Um, and it's like, it's just about figuring out those potential problems that could happen and, and giving them options. I think that's the biggest thing you can do yeah. just in business, you know? Yeah. In Cause like the little gremlins are going to come on set and stuff's going to happen that you didn't expect. And yeah, I hear you. I worked in a warehouse for a few years and it was hard to figure out how to bring that into my film job. But after a while, I would have to, you know, figure out five steps to like move a pallet or if I was going to ship something I have to, well, if I want to do that, I got to move this. And if I want to move that, I got, and it's, and I've brought that into film where it's, yeah, if we want you to do exactly what you're saying, you got to look five steps ahead because you never know what's going to happen and you just need to be prepared. And I think it's just, you got to have a lot of, I think that's one thing when I was comparing film school with just going right in is whatever it is like, yeah, you'll get, some time with cameras and do your own projects, but you're working with the same people that are on the same level with you and yeah, a teacher. But when you get onto a film set that have different ranges of experience and have done it a thousand more times than you have, you need to start doing it a thousand more times and get those reps in. And that's what I think it's helped me doing PA work and seeing like these green PAs that they come out of film school thinking, Oh, I'm going to be on the next Marvel movie and I'm going to, do this and that. And then they get to a real film set. It's like, I don't know what, what a hot brick is. I don't know what, you know, these little terminologies you got to pick up on set. So there's always, there's always something to be done. You know what I mean? You'll learn if if you're a good, yeah. Even if a a, a director or DP, I think no matter what set, you're going to pick something up that you didn't learn before. Some, some little thing. And you're, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just learning experience. Corey, you got a question? And, oh, no, no, no. I was okay. just saying it's it's comparable to like even being a teacher, because I'm a teacher, I teach uh, seventh graders. And it's similar, like with the training a teacher gets, you have to, you have to, there's, there are things that happen in the classroom, like you have no idea that even the most. I've heard the war stories. Train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, because you're, you're literally performing every day. You're doing like a stand up routine for these dickhead <laughs> critics that are going yeah. through hormones. Creators, yeah, I can be. So, yeah, I, I, give, I give praise to Corey and his wife all the time because they're doing the Lord's work out there. Um, let's wrap it up real quick. Let me. Uh, future of the film industry with COVID. What do you. Now that you've gone through about a year of some film sets, 
what do you see the future of film like sets going to be? I've seen a, a lot of virtual Zoom. I've worked. I worked on a Home Depot commercial where the client and the director were both zoomed in, and it was like what? And it was just a hell of a day. It just made everything go so much slower. So what? What yeah, do you think? It's, it's definitely difficult, um, but I think I kind of enjoy it. You know, I mean, I, I think you come up with your most creative things when you're put into a box and it's all these things that you can't do. And like a lot of like my favorite videos, like are the ones that actually didn't have enough money, you know, to do what we we're trying to do. And it's like, Oh, we do it a creative way this way. Right. And I would say uh, it's a similar thing um, to doing a COVID shoot. Uh, we did one with Ava Max and Thomas Rhett and Kane Brown for the Scoob movie. And that video originally was going to be this huge cross country road trip narrative, or then we would like, the car or the, the, the van, like the mystery machine would like yeah. stop at each different location along the road trip. And you would see Eva Max and Kane Brown and Thomas Rhett. That's what it's going to feel like. Yeah. And that all went away when, 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 when COVID hit. And mm. um, while, while it's not the video that we had planned, um, I thought we came up with a really creative way to make a, what I feel was a very professional video at the time through zoom. Um, we sent, this was before like anybody, like there, there was nobody, any it, sort of interaction. Yeah. It was like end of April, I think. Um, and so we sent each artist, uh, a DSLR and a small light kit and then a paper roll backdrop. And we shot like a bunch of mediums and close-ups that they shot themselves, you know, like wow. teaching them how to, how to shoot through, uh, these Canon cameras, um, you know, with just the artist, really, maybe like one other person that was like their assistant or their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And uh, and I, I think we made something really cool where and, and and we problem solved to kind of make it. We wanted it to make it feel like a studio shoot at that point without actually being in a studio. So mediums and close ups we shot uh, with these paper backdrops and the wides. Uh, my sorry, post team, we uh, we wrote out their legs and then made like a, a world around them. But uh. It just needed something that was really colorful and big feeling. You know, the, the Scoob movie was so bright and, and animated in, in such a cool way that, like, you have to do something that um, that has some production value. And, and that was a really cool – that was a really cool video that – I'm just proud of the, of the problem solving there across across the board from the team. And uh, – You just got to pivot. You got to pivot. pivot. And, yeah. And we, we just recorded a, a live performance uh, just pa- this past week with uh, – like live to tape, obviously, but uh, mm. with Fozia and John Legend. Oh, uh, yeah. When does this come out? <laughs> this week. Okay, maybe. Oh, whatever. Like two, uh, like Tuesday, <laughs> maybe probably Tuesday or probably Wednesday or Monday. Or but Tuesday. basically, we did this really cool thing where uh, Fozia is and lives in Winnipeg, and uh, they're really locked down to the point, yeah. you know, where you know there's no crews or anything. So we had to shoot this at home kind of uh, scenario in Winnipeg. Uh, and then what we do is that we, we bring Fosia into our set here in LA uh, in, in a special way that, that you'll, you'll see. Oh, um, awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Through some projectors and some fun stuff like that. Ooh, fun. All right, yeah. cool. Well, thanks again, Kyle, for being on. Um, I know we didn't get, get to it, but I know you're, you're watching WandaVision right now. We're in the middle of watching it. So maybe when that's done, we'll have you back on and we can scrutinize the shit out of it. I would love to talk about just WandaVision. Um, there it is. And I think it is the most, that. without spoiling anything, it is the most creative, you know, risk that like Marvel or Disney has ever done. And like, 
I don't even think you need to know the MCU background, but like it is just so inspiring, like what they're doing there. I, I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, me too. And then once the season's over, yeah, we could go. We have a little episode about it. Cool. Well, thanks again, Kyle. Uh, yeah, you can again yeah. go. To, what's the website? Uh, so my personal website is kylekogan.com. Kogan. Uh, and then our the the Kyle Kogan, yeah. <laughs> and the the business website is uh, Simeon.la or SimeonDesign.tv, and you can find us on Instagram and all that good stuff. There. Check them out, everybody. They have some really cool videos. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, it's been the So So Screening Podcast. I'm Robert. That's Kyle. And I'm Corey. All right. See you guys later. All the things you love don't last Even though this isn't fair for both of us Ooh, maybe I'm just a fool I still belong with you